welcome to another episode of the Best Damn Sports Show on Stereo, the Young, Black, and Bothered Sports Test. I am your boy Q, and I'm demanding the firing of Steve Nash. Oh, wait, that's Kevin Durant. We're going to get into him later. I'm joined by the, by the regular crew this week, Greg, Pam, Lou, and Cashley. Good to hear you guys. Great to be back together for another week of talking everything sports. And it is now customary. One piece of good news that happened over the last week. Anyone can go first. Um, I made it through a good weekend and I found a good happy hour with a place that fucked me over in food twice. But the drinks are really good for four bucks. And every day is Friday. Yes, every day is Friday, and every day is happy hour at Fridays. Mm-hmm. So, uh, well, that was, yeah, yeah, that's going to be my new favorite spot in the I mean, So, in that neck, in your um, neck of the woods, Greg. <laughs> Anyone else? Who's your next? Um, well, I mean, not ne- I don't really necessarily have any good news from the past week. Uh, this upcoming weekend, I got me a four-day weekend off from work, so kind of looking forward to that. Oh, nice. Me, my wife, and uh, my daughter are going to take a little road trip down to Columbus, Ohio, and do some school shopping for her and stuff like that, so looking forward to that. Okay. Is it a tax-free, hol- uh, tax-free weekend? Uh, that I don't know. I, I honestly don't know. It would be nice if it is, but I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I asked that because um, this past weekend, <clears throat> excuse me, this past weekend was uh, a tax-free weekend in South Carolina. And I know uh, next week or this week, either this week or next week, um, is tax-free, tax-free week in Virginia. Um, so... Yeah, I hope it. I hope it is. I hope that, that it save you a little bit of coin because you know everything's yeah. high now. Exactly. All inflation going on. Well, that's good. That's good. A uh, nice road trip. I can't wait to take those again. Uh, <laughs> well, um, if we don't talk in the, you know, in the group um, before you leave, safe travels as always. Thank and, you. And uh, whoever wants to go next. Um, well, um, nothing really big to report just yet. Um, I got a vacation coming, so I'm looking forward to that. But other than that, just, just living life, enjoying life. So that's always good news. That's good to hear. That's good to hear. Pam, what about you? Any good news or one piece of good news that happened from the past week? Um... I am back in Florida and luckily enough, uh, this weekend on my travels back, I got upgraded to first class. So that was fun. Um, We we love to see it, you know, we we love to see it. So that was more so my, um, I guess my initial back to reality. I didn't want to come back, but you know, Sometimes you gotta do what you gotta do, but I'm back. Glad to be back with you guys. So, no, that's always fun for me. 
And uh, yeah, that's really uh, that's really it for me. Nothing else that major happened, I guess. I just was glad that I was able to actually hang out and be in New York and see my family and my friends. So yeah, I'm excited for a new week though. Alright, that's what's up. And I'll go ahead and share. I actually have a couple of pieces of good news uh, this week. Um, was over over the brother's house. Um, Greg, thank you for that great, amazing steak that you prepared. Um, I finished the rest of it today, and it was even better than it was even better than when it came off the grill yesterday. So. You know you are a great you kind of a great chef when the food tastes even better after it's been in after it's been in the refrigerator and had extra time to marinate after being cooked. So definitely shout out to you for that. Uh, and I have one more week before one more week of relaxation before I put my school administrator hat on. This is gonna be fun. I can't wait. There you I go. can't wait. Uh, yeah, I've been getting all these emails about this training and this training, and oh, you have to come here this week. You have to come here, and oh yeah, we're we're having a virtual meeting tomorrow. I'm like, oh great, oh great, oh great. <laughs> uh, but I am super, this is super excited to get this show on the road because um, that means I actually get a paycheck. This is beautiful. Oh my goodness, I'm gonna know how y'all. I'm gonna I'm gonna know how y'all feel um, when that deposit hits your account and then goes away <laughs> after five minutes. <laughs> yep. Right. <laughs> yep. Right back into the real world. Right back into right. the real world. Like I'm, um, you know, next week I'm gonna actually have a commute. This is gonna be weird. I have not had one in two years, so. <sighs> Metro, please do me right. Please, please, please. My only ask. So, <laughs> with that being said, um, and with the feds raiding my uh, dirty Largo right now, oh, <laughs> that's a beautiful sight. We're going to get into the nitty gritty of the show. We're going to start off as we always start off. We always kick off every episode with our resident wrestling experts, Pam and Cashley, to give us all the rundown of what happened in the WWE, uh, NST, something here, something there, this league here, <laughs> something in Japan. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh my God. i joking with y'all. Oh, um, but I heard there was some, so there was some um, news that happened um, right before we, right before we went live. Um, you want to tell us all about that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, so, Cassidy, I think this is all you. I'll cover AEW this week, and you can cover the breaking. Yes. Well, breaking news. Uh, Johnny Ace, Johnny Laurinaitis, has been fired from WWE. Uh, this is uh, yet another casualty from the, you know, the scandal that has pretty much rocked WWE literally from its core. Uh, as we know, Vince retired a few weeks ago, not only from CEO duties, but also from creative. 
So Triple H is taking over that. And I personally am noticing a huge change in the show since he's stepped into creative. Um, we have some returns that I, I really didn't expect to see. Um, we have Dakota Kai, Bailey, and EO Sky. Um, for those that watch NXT, she is EO Shirai there. But she's now on the main roster. Um, also, Carrie Cross and uh, Scarlett Bordeaux also returned Friday night when he attacked Drew McIntyre. So um, we're getting a lot of a lot of people's faves coming back. So it'll be really good to see how that all turns out. But uh, another thing that I'm noticing is uh, some folks getting title shots that we didn't expect to see. Um, most notably, Shayna Baszler. She's now in the title picture for uh, SmackDown Women's title uh, up against Liv Morgan. So she's going to have that title shot that's long eluded her so yeah um <laughs> it's it, it's a lot um what does everyone think about that triple h at the helm has anyone noticed any big noticeable differences so far besides me for me i'm actually watching uh which it's a feat in itself um i'm Currently not because I'm in the middle of something, but I will say I'm watching all the blogs on YouTube. I actually followed WWE's like hashtag on Twitter and I follow a couple of like beat writers as well because I'm interested. I haven't been interested in honestly since WrestleMania, but Vince going away means that everything will be good. So I'm just preparing. And then Karrion Cross, like, when I saw I was like, wait, like, didn't we, like, bury him with, like, the other 62 people? But he looks like a championship competitor. Like, he looks like he would hold a belt. He's, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm probably going to sound facetious when I say this, but he's everything Tess should have been. Rest in peace. Mm-hmm. Don't do that. Don't do that. No, Don't do that. No, no. Him, no it's, it's not me being an asshole. I'm just saying, like, as someone who liked Tess, I'm like, yo, like, that's, like, championship caliber, like, guy, like, physique, skill, rings, all that stuff. So, it's like, dang, like, they never really utilized him. So, I see a lot of that in Karrion Cross. So, when he came back, it made me look at him kind of like when Husky Harris became Bray Wyatt. Like, this, <laughs> this might be what you need. Oh, so, my Lord. I can't. I'm well, I have high hopes for him. <laughs> I, I might have a favorite wrestler, and it's not, you know, Pam's guy. But I, we're not going to speak to him this week. At least I won't. But yeah, I'm going to leave it there. Uh, but yeah, okay. um, <laughs> but yeah, and and kind of with all that said, now there are some noticeable disappearances. Um, mainly uh, Ezekiel. We have not seen him since Triple H took over. Omos, we have not seen him since Triple H took over. Um, Lacey Evans, we have not seen her at all since Triple H took over. So I think it's safe to say there will be a lot of boosts for some, and some are going to have to fade to black, unfortunately. So, um, yeah, it'll be really interesting to see how all that plays out. But that's... Pretty much in a nutshell for WWE so far. Um, what's going on in AEW, Pam? 
Yeah. Can I say something real quick <laughs> about mm-hmm. Lacey Evans? Um, I thought that she was on maternity leave. Like, I know she had a kid. I never noticed her come back, which I thought that they were kind of, like, prepping her up to, like, kind of fight Ronda Rousey and have, like, a rivalry there when Charlotte was, you know, injured <clears throat> or married and stuff like that. What was wrong with the Lacey character? I always felt like I was intrigued by it, and it just never went anywhere. Well, I think her character took a hit after they put her with Ric Flair. Yes. You, you know what? Yep. You're absolutely right. Damn. You know, it, it was really cringy, so. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, it could always be worse. You could be Nia Jax. Yeah. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> you are so, leave that poor girl alone. She don't even got a job no more. Leave her alone. She, she doesn't, but I will say she's not as bad as CJ Perry. The downfall oh, for her is she's selling exclusive content for six ninety nine. Mm-hmm. Go to AEW. Okay. Just listen, you gotta get your money's worth some way, somehow, right? You're right. You're right. Anyway, I want to hear something about AEW. Let's go. So, in regards to AEW and what's going on with them this weekend, because of course we had the normal, regular AEW show. We had our rampage and our dynamite, which which was cool. It was it was good. But the main thing that I wanted to get into for this week is the battle of the belt. So this weekend, they had Battle of the Belts 3, which essentially is where you have normal AEW versus ROH guys. That way they can kind of bring everybody together and, you know, try to merge the two brands since Tony Khan took over. So I'm just going to give a quick rundown as far as what happened. So on the card, we had Wardlow versus Jay Lethal for the TNT Championship. I thought it was going to be good, but it was okay. It wasn't as good as I thought it was going to be. So I give them a B minus for that, with the winner being Wardlow. Um, the next match was Thunder Rosa versus Jamie Hayter for the AEW Women's World Championship. Again, I thought this was going to be another good match, um, but it was more meh. So the winner of this match ended up being, of course, Thunder Rosa. So that was that was interesting. And then there was some few moments in between that women's match. You know, I just wanted a bit more, like normal, but you know, we can always get what we want. Ain't that what they always say? <laughs> the next match was Claudio Castanoli. I always mispronounce his last name. Uh, versus Kanosuke Takashita. I Cashly, please tell me if I'm saying that wrong. And it's for the ROH World Championship. And this match, honestly, was the match of the night for me. Mm-hmm. Um, that they put on. Um, of course, if you don't know who Claudio is, he's also known as Cesaro in WWE before he moved over. So um, to have him have that change, I think it it fit him. Um and I, I honestly feel like he's getting more of what he wants in this partnership. So um, I'm here for it. I, I really, 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 truly, thoroughly enjoyed um, this match. And 
I, I actually wanted to see more. I was really upset that it ended as early as it did. But it was a good match. And, of course, the winner of that would be Claudio. And, of course, match of the night. All full, full A's for me. I mean, I honestly could not have expected it to be as good as it was. Um, out of all the shows, I would definitely say for this to be a p- kind of pay-per-view type feel for AEW, it was a bit of a lackluster for me. Three matches and that's it. I honestly didn't get enough promotion for this. I actually ended up catching this while on my flight back home this weekend. I didn't even know this was on. Um, so shame on AEW for not promoting it as much because, like I said, I really did not know that this was going to be a thing or that this was even going on. So it was a bit of a, a letdown for them. But like I said, it was still a great match. I still highly recommend the match. Um, I definitely think that if you haven't seen it, you should see it. But as far as anything more so new or anything that I feel like people who haven't watched should watch, I'm definitely going to say if you are not watching Jade Cargill and you are not looking at this character development that she is doing Mm -hmm. right now, you are missing out on so much. She is doing so phenomenal. Like, I honestly did not think she would get to this point in her career that she's at. To seeing her wrestle with Cody, with Shaq, to where she is now, bruh, she is the person to watch. And if you're not watching her, like I said, you are slacking hard because, baby, she she's putting on. Like, she is truly, truly, truly putting on. And I'm, I'm here for it. Definitely, 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 definitely here for it. So I'm excited to see what happens. I'm excited to see, you know, what they're going to do. How are they going to evolve her character even more? Because her mic work is getting so much better. Her ring work is so much better. Mm-hmm. It's just, it, it honestly is some PC level type of upgrade with her without having the PC. Like she's just doing so great. So shout out to Jay Carter. I think she's, she's an awesome. And of course, Cashley forgot so I'm going to mention it because we forgot to mention my fave in NXT. Happy belated birthday to Carmelo Hayes. You know, we we, we love yes. to see you. Uh, we, we appreciate you on the show. I don't know about the men on the show, but I know me, I, <laughs> I appreciate the man that is Carmelo Hayes. So shout out to Melo. Yes, he's appreciated. Yes. So... Yeah, that's that's all I have this week for wrestling. I didn't. There wasn't really much to cover this week, shockingly. Um, I think that Cashley covered it all, especially with everything going on. I'm more so as far as on WWE side. I wonder how much of this change is going to happen. Uh, I did hear after Raw and everything went off that Triple H is all in to making sure that everyone is getting pushed. And that everyone mm-hmm. has spirit on all of these things. So if this is true, I am excited to see how this is going to work. You did say there's a lot of people that's missing. There are some dirt sheets out there. I don't believe in reading dirt sheets too much, you know, because we won't we don't want to spoil it for you. But I will say one highlight that I did like from this weekend that was wrestling related, but not really wrestling related would be seeing Naomi and Sasha at C2E2 with fans yes. and mm-hmm. getting to 
see that they're not upset. They're not sad. They're happy. My favorite photo from this weekend was of one of the fans actually posing with Sasha with a $30,000 check making fun of her fee. And she signed it and she posed with it like, really? So I am, I am so, 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 so excited to see um, what happens this week, what happens with them. If the rumors that I heard are actually true, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot. It's a lot of stuff. So hopefully we get some, some good news back. Hopefully there's some, some good responses to the alleged dirt sheets. I'm excited though. I'm really excited for wrestling this week. Yeah. And I do have a couple of side notes. So one, um, if you're a fan of Japanese wrestling and uh, you watch DDT Pro, then you'll know Kanosuke Takeshita from DDT Pro. So that's one. Um, number two, there was an unfortunate injury with um, Jamie Hayter in her, her match against Thunder Rosa, unfortunately. Um, it's being reported that she has a broken nose. So wishing her a speedy recovery. Um yeah, that might be another topic from the show, Melon and Matt Pam. But yeah, speedy recovery to her. Um, but yeah, that that's I think that is about it in wrestling. Yeah. All right, all right. Um, thank well, thank you for that update. Um, and when is the next Melon and Matt? If you want to tell everybody, so they can get prepared to listen to that. The next episode will be this Thursday. Woo, woo, woo. Since I am finally back home in Florida, it will be this Thursday at 6 p.m. live here on Stereo. Catch us because we're going to have way more to talk about. We only give you guys little previews during, of course, YBAB Sports Desk. But if you want the real scoop, the more nitty gritty, maybe even some spoilers, catch us live Thursdays. On stereo at 6 p.m. All right. Well, you heard it here first. Uh, next episode of the Melon and Matt will be coming this Thursday, 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time here on stereo. If you're going to listen to it live um, a couple of days later, if you uh, want to catch the recap when we post the show to our feeds. So, thank you for that. Thank you for that wonderful update. And with that being said, let's move into um, our first topic of discussion, which is the NFL this week. So last week, we told you guys that uh, Deshaun Watson received a six-game suspension and that the NFL and the NFLPA, the Players Association, had three days to appeal. Uh, the, the, the NFLPA decided not to appeal. The NFL said, hold up, wait a minute. We want him suspended for the entire season. So they went ahead and, and appealed the um, in, independent arbitrator's um, decision. Oh, boy. Where do we start? Where do we start? I, I, first of all, let me, I'm just going to put it this way. I think he should, I think Deshaun Watson should have got. Uh, longer than six games. I don't think he should. I don't think it should. It should be a full season long suspension. Um, the man has already been out of football involuntarily for the last, you know, all of last season. Um, uh, you know, being s- sat out and not 
Um, you, you know, not on the roster, but not playing for the Texans last year, all 17 games um, of last season. If I'm Goodell, if I'm Goodell, I don't, you know, with so much going on in the league right now in terms of like um, allegations of uh, sexual harassment and all these other things that's going on. Do you really want to? And especially when you know that that you have a franchise, the Washington Commanders, whose owner is being owner, uh, Daniel Mark Snyder, screw him always. Um, is has all of these uh, investigations shining a light into the toxic culture that existed in the commander's organization prior to 2020. Do you really want to press forward with this, knowing that there are skeletons waiting to come out of the closet regarding Dan Snyder and regarding other owners in the league, um, looking at you, Robert Kraft, it, 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 do you think do, do you think Goodell is is, is 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 really just reaching at this point to like get the narrative off of Dan Snyder and push it back on the on the Deshaun Watson? What do, what, what do y'all think? Uh, I think Goodell like his name hasn't been in the news in a while, and he wants to he wants to like to prove that he still has power. And and you're right though. If this continues, which it's going to, um, mm-hmm. and he doesn't get the outcome that he wants, then yeah, the whole Dan Snyder thing is going to be really, really juicy. I mean, it already is. I mean, he te- Dan Snyder testified um, for 14 hours unprecedented for someone to be giving live testimony before Congress for that amount of time in one, in one sitting. Um, so there's, there, I, I think that the, the, the House Oversight and Government and Reform Committee has a lot of tea to spill. <laughs> and I just don't think like, okay, he got six games. He got six games. There's precedence in that. Um, Tom Brady's suspension in Deflate Gate was six games. Um, he sued, and it, and it went down to four. Ben Roethlisberger got six games when he was accused of 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 rape, not once but twice. I, I think Goodell should just be should just be like, all right. We got what we got. He got six games. Well, he didn't get fined. And we're going to talk about that in a second. <clears throat> Excuse me. We're going to talk about that in a second. Um, I think he's just, just like, all right, we're cool. All right, he got six games, whatever. Cool. Let's just let's just get this out of the way, get this out of the news cycle. Because when that when that dance line of news comes out, when that team got, starts getting spilled, it's going <laughs> to look really, really bad for the league. It's going to look really, really bad for the league. It's going to look really, really bad for Goodell. I, I don't know. I don't know. Greg, do you have any thoughts? Yeah, I think they should quit while they're ahead. It's one of those things where it's like, the more you talk, the worse it gets. They're about to do that. And like I said last week, which I hate that I said it now, but it's coming to be true. 
they were complicit in that shit and they're trying to do damage control by throwing the book at somebody who's only partially guilty in it. We, if we're going to do that, we need to go and do the same thing for the Browns, for the Texans, Goodell, and all the people that he's protected by pretty much trying to throw the book at one person. So you can't wait for it to come out because when it does and then the league starts to talk back, it's going to get real ugly and it's only going to be for Goodell. This might actually be the way for him to resign. So he might want to watch it. Wow. Wow. I, I, I can't disagree with you. Not, not, not in a bit, not in a bit, but in, but moving on into um, other Deshaun Watson news, the league, according to Peter King <clears throat> and full football talk, um, the, uh, I can't remember the name of this column, but <laughs> I know, man. But the but the league is not sitting well um, with Deshaun Watson's quote Rick Brown's contract. Now let's go into this. So not only was the six game suspension of for Deshaun Watson considered too light of a punishment, many were also upset at how his uh, about how his contract with the Cleveland Browns helps him financially. Let's get into the numbers. Watson has a $1.035 million base salary in 2022, and he will lose about $344,655 from missed game checks for, from a six-game suspension. His nearly $45 million signing bonus, and I'm going to say it again, $45 million signing bonus will not be affected by any suspension. According to Peter King of NBC Sports, the rest of the league has taken issue with the contract structure. He's, he writes, quote, one influential NFL person told me on this trip that it doesn't sit well with the league or 31 other owners that the Browns rigged the Watson contract so that his suspension will cause him to lose only a fraction of his 2022 compensation. <clears throat> NFL announced that it will kill the suspension and seek a harsher penalty. Uh, the league wants an indefinite suspension that lasts a minimum of one year to go with a fine. You want to hear it? Go ahead. Okay. Um, I just said three or four minutes ago that the complicit blah, 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 blah right? Mm-hmm. That contract isn't because of his game of play. That's hush money. For all parties, it's hush yes. money for him because they're like, hey, we paid you. Shut up. It's probably written deep down in the contract like, hey, it's, we it, got this agreement. We paid you. We paid you to shut them up. Exactly. No, no, to shut up. Because here's the thing. If he speaks out against the league, other players will. So giving him that money, and this is money after he's paid the victims. This is after that. So they have their silence, they have his silence, and they can continue doing the fuck shit they've been doing for the past 47 years. So, uh, again, they got too much dip on the chip. I would highly suggest them just leave it alone. Take the six games, take the backlash, because truth be told, just last year when Aaron Rodgers lied about fucking COVID, they swept that shit under the rug. They can do the same thing here. I'll leave my, you know, land my plane there. Okay. Lou, do you have anything anything you want to add? <clears throat> no. Um, other than 
like, okay, because I, I, <laughs> I live by Cleveland. I live an hour uh, west of Cleveland, right? So all these Browns fans around here, I hear from them every day and everything like that. And they're, they're blind <laughs> because <laughs> they, you know, of course, they're backing their team, blah, blah, blah. All right. Now, some of them are saying, well, it's smart that the front office did, you know, only, you know, structured his contract like that and everything. But these Browns fans are, oh, yeah, it's six games. That's all he should get and blah, blah, blah. You know, he's he's paid him off already. So why should he get suspended? Shut up. Just shut up. You know, they don't even know what they're talking about. They, They have no idea what they're talking about. Yeah, they also thought Brian Hoyer was a good quarterback. So, right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. They also thought Johnny Mizell was the savior of the franchise, and you know, that didn't yeah. turn out well. And then they got his doppelganger and traded him, too. So, mm-hmm. go figures. All right, and our last piece of Cleveland news. Cleveland has been dominating the show so far. Kareem Hunt. Yesterday, a report was released that he has demanded a trade um, out of Cleveland and that the Browns have told him to go shove it. You are not Marshawn Lynch, dude. Lest we forget, you just had allegations of, was it like beating a woman, some shit like that? Wasn't that like two years ago? Yes, it was. Which the team literally had to like, not even trade him, they waived him. And the only, two teams that him, yeah, the only two teams that wanted him was Baltimore and Cleveland. Nobody's going to want you, bro. L- literally. Unless you're getting somebody a ring, which you're not. And you're not even, even on the team that he was on, like, he was the number two. There's no team he's going to go to that I can honestly say, unless probably Arizona, all their running backs get injured. Or San Francisco, No. And even in San Francisco doesn't even have the trade value to give to Cleveland. So, no, you're, you're not helping Cleveland. But it was, the only time I'll ever say this in life, Cleveland actually did right by just telling him no. I, I think it was a wise decision, smart decision. And he's just stupid thinking that they're going to do anything otherwise. So, fuck him. All right. I don't think anything else needs to be said about that. No. Nope. Excuse me, it's moving right along. Oh, our favorite um, favorite whipping boy, John Gruden, is back in the news. <laughs> oh, boy. So his his agent says that the leaked emails that in, that eventually cost him um, forced him to resign as head coach of the of the Las Vegas Raiders was a quote. Hit job. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna oh, read a little boy. bit of this. I'm gonna read a little bit of the story. Bob Lamont, the agent for uh, former Las Vegas Raiders head coach John Gruden, said Saturday the leak of his clients' racist, like misogynistic, and anti-gay emails was a quote hit job. Unquote. Lamont said the 58-year-old Gruden was in a quote state of shock unquote, after his resignation from the Raiders, after information about the emails were released, per Ira Kaufman of Joe Buck's fan. <clears throat> uh, his agent said, quote, and it was 10 years ago, 
And then why John and why the Raiders? He wasn't even in the league at the time of those emails. That's the tragedy of it. You can say what you want, but if anyone really understands John, they know he's not a racist. That's quite obvious. No one would ever say that. Unquote. Gruden resigned as the Raiders head coach in October after the New York Times published multiple emails from Gruden that included derogatory remarks directed towards NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell, NFL uh, Players Association Executive Director Demoris Smith, and defensive end Michael Sam, the league's first openly gay player. The emails, which were sent between 2011 and 2018, were unearthed as part of the NFL's investigation into the Washington Commanders' workplace culture because they were sent to Bruce Allen, who was a member of the team's front office at the time. No other emails found in the investigation have been publicly released. Gruden, we understand you're trying to get back in. Nah, dog. Nope, not happening. Play stupid games, win stupid prizes. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> there you go. <clears throat> and he played a stupid game, and he and he got his stupid prize. So uh, enjoy that ret- enjoy that forced retirement, John. Chucky, whatever the hell you want to be called. Ah, one more NFL story. <clears throat> Um, and then, yeah, one more NFL story. The 49ers are in no rush to trade Jimmy Garoppolo. I don't know why, but there's a team that needs a quarterback right now. It's a couple of them. Anyway, 49ers. Oh, yeah. The trade market is Sorry. <laughs> Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm just fine. I don't really have anything to say. I'm just confused at why now? <laughs> so let me, go, let, me, wow. let me give some context. The trade market for San Francisco 49ers quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo appears to be minimal. Ian Rappaport of NFL Network reported Sunday there is no clear trade partner for the veteran signal caller. He added the Niners aren't going to rush into a move right now and are willing to wait all the way to cut down day. So they'll just cut them then? If they don't get like a, a good trade partner? Yes. Uh, wow. That is the talk of that is the talk of the league right now. Again, we all said this about Baker Mayfield. Oh, and more Baker in a second. Actually, there's one more NFL story <clears throat> after this. Early in the offseason, San Francisco was probably guilty of overplaying his hand. Mike Florio of Pro Football Pro Football Talk reported in March that general manager John Lynch was telling any potential students one team had already been excuse me, prepared to offer two second-round picks in a trade. Lynch subsequently refuted that rumor. Still, it seems reasonable to assume the 49ers would have already moved Garoppolo by now if simply getting rid of him was their primary motivation. If Cleveland Browns were in a similar predicament with Baker Mayfield and finally agreed to receive a conditional 2024 fifth-round pick from the Carolina Panthers, they also assumed a portion of his 2022 salary as well. David Lombardi of The Athletic laid out why San Francisco doesn't necessarily have to settle for the best of whatever trade, bad trade returns are feasibly on the table. <clears throat> says in this tweet, quote, 
um, going over the percentage between Baker Mayfield's uh, salary and Garoppolo's salary. So that the huge so the huge difference between the two is that the Browns were essentially forced to offload Mayfield on a whatever we can get deal because his eighteen point nine million dollars was fully guaranteed. The 49ers are, are in no such bind with Garoppolo since none of his $24.2 million is guaranteed. A release won't hurt, won't hurt financially so they can let the market develop. Basically, <clears throat> if the 49ers wait to cut day, cut down day to release Garoppolo, uh, G- Jimmy G, they will only be on the hook for $1.7 million of dead cap. That's why, that that's why. So Lou, that is why they're in no rush to trade them. And if they can't find a, if they can't find a trade partner, they'll just release them because they will save twenty four million, twenty three million dollars, and only be on the hook for one point seven. So if they if they trade him, if if they do trade him, they'll they have to pay him. No, the other team would pay him. Disgusting. The trading team will pay him. Yeah, 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 great but if he's it. released, Disgusting. Disgusting. <laughs> but if he's released, then the forty, the forty nine, basically the forty nine is win either way, because they probably he's probably going to get traded for like a low draft pick. But if they cut him, if they cut him, they save twenty three million dollars. Whatever on this season, on, on this season's cap, whatever fucking team he lands on, it's going to win five more games. Then they will. I, I mean that shit. Only reason I mean it is because they are hedging their bets on Cal Shanahan being right about a quarterback. And he's literally 0 for 4 right now. He's literally betting on trade as if like, he is going to be like Kyler Murray. We even see what Kyler Murray's dealing with now. Like, bro, do we all remember the Washington Redskins at the time? Do, do we not remember, like, Jimmy Garoppolo was supposed to be the one in San Francisco? More importantly, did we forget that the past, what, four seasons, the only reason the San Francisco 49ers were even contenders was because of Jimmy Garoppolo? Mm-hmm. Did, right. did we miss that boat? So, right. <laughs> you're going to let that man walk. And then... For an unproven... For an unproven... Yes, he was the uh, Trey Lance was the fifth pick in the draft, but he only has one full season of starting of starting experience, and that was at North Dakota State. Who goes to I, North I'm Dakota just State? Because I'm not a prophet, but shit like this happens all the time. <laughs> teams hedge their bet on a superstar, and that superstar either gets injured or sits out. I'm willing to bet twenty bucks. And I'm not praying on an injury for Trey Lance. I'm just going to say, week six, we'll all know if he's a good or bad quarterback. Either by injury, either by actual gameplay. And once they find out, talking about San Francisco, that they have to go and find a backup quarterback to essentially a backup quarterback, they're going to be fucked for the next two years. And they're going to be right back I, in the draft looking for another quarterback. I, I don't think it'll take the week six. I, I, I think by week three, 
we're we're gonna know if if, if he's a, a you know a legitimate quarterback or not. Oh well, I, I'm gonna pull a, a rabbit out of the queue hat. Uh-oh. I fully expect them to go and pick up Ryan Fitzpatrick by midseason. Ryan Fitzpatrick is retired. <laughs> okay, Q. We, Money talks. We've seen, we've seen how many mediocre quarterbacks also get called up before good quarterbacks, including Ryan Fitzpatrick. So, I mean, that's so, true. Anything is possible. Anything is possible. Yeah. All right. And our last, and our last NFL story for this week, the Carolina QB1 job has been described as Baker Mayfield's to lose. He's lost it already. It's really not that hard. <laughs> I mean, look who's the quarterback now, Sam Donald, who should be playing in the XFL. And not even, no, I take that back. He should be playing in the, you know, no, you know what, I take that back. He should be playing in the Nerf League. If there's an, if Nerf League still exists, Sam Donald should be playing in the Nerf League. He's that terrible of a quarterback. That terrible of a quarterback. You had two opportunities, two opportunities to be a starter. When he was drafted by the Jets, and uh, you know, yeah, you know what? Never mind. And then, and then, and, and then last year in Carolina, he fell flat on his face in both in both times. So to hear that Baker Mayfield is basically a shoe in to be QB one, okay, that's nice to hear. But we already knew that. We knew that. We knew that when Carolina traded for him. So. Uh, I have nothing else I, to say. I, I have nothing. I have nothing else to say because you know it, we all knew that. The, the, the whole league knew that. I, I my, my, okay. Go ahead, Greg. Really quick. Um, yeah, you're cool. If 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 San Francisco was thinking, they would have gone and sent Jimmy Garoppolo to play with Christian because they knew they know for a fact they could have gotten paid for that. They could have gotten money for that. They could have got picks for that. So, Carolina having two ass quarterbacks, like two, like really, like they're, they're ass ass. They are donkey of the NFL, just all ass. Um, <laughs> again, I'm going to shut up. I have nothing positive to say. Carolina, <laughs> honestly, I will. Let me just say this. Sam Donald should start the season. And the reason why Baker Mayfield has always been propped up to be this guy that everybody knows he's not. He has to sit behind somebody at this point. I need this to happen. I need them to say, like you said, it's his job to lose, and he just loses it week one. They say he had a terrible preseason. We're going to start Sam Darnold. And then Sam Darnold's bad. But then we get a whole bunch of Bleacher Report articles for a month saying, which one is the best? When we all know it's neither. Make it happen. Make it fucking happen. All right, Lou, any, any further thoughts? No, well, the other thing I was going to say was um, my brother-in-law lives down in uh, in uh, Carolina, okay? And he's actually a cameraman for – he, like – he's a cameraman for, like, their uh, their uh, soccer team, um, you know. He, he does a bunch of camera work around, around the city and everything. But he – He's also a cameraman for the their practices for the Panthers practices. Okay. Okay. And so he sees this shit on like like firsthand. 
And he's already told me, he told me about three or four days ago, actually, that Baker is the clear-cut number one the way he's been practicing. So between him and Darnold, and I know Greg said they're both ass, I agree. Uh, From what he's saying, you know, like you said, the story is that he's he's uh, it's his job to lose. Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't see any other way that Sam Darnold is a starting quarterback in his team ever again, unless Baker gets hurt or they trade him. <laughs> That's it. Okay. Cool. Cool. <clears throat> um, no, that is it on our NFL news. Um, tune in to our award section because I have a special, special special, special award for a certain quote-unquote media organization that tweeted something really, really stupid today about a certain NFL team. I'm going to leave it there. Leave it there. Moving on to the NBA. Oh, boy. um, NBA Twitter has been quiet for a while. You know, we've had um, excuse me, we've had you know, the Donovan Mitchell sweet stakes, what team he's going to end up on because Utah Jazz is, is tearing it back down to the ninth, to the 80s. Um, and Katie, Katie um, and Kyrie Irving is Kyrie. But <laughs> uh, Kevin Durant saw that quietness and said, you know what? It's time to light a match and set this shit on fire again. Today, he had a meeting with with uh, the owner, the gov- I'm sorry, the NBA their governors, with the team governor of the, of the Brooklyn Nets, Joe Sy, and he reiterated his draft, his, his not his draft, his with desire to be traded. But he also issued a caveat. He said in his meeting with Joe Sy that either you're gonna either you're gonna trade me or you can keep me. You have to fire Sean Marks, the general manager of the team, and Steve Nash, the head coach of the Brooklyn Nets. I have one question. Didn't Kevin Durant lobby and fight for Kevin for Steve Nash to be Hello? hired as head coach? Didn't he didn't he and Kyrie Irving undermine Kenny Atkinson and and and, and Bitch and whine so much to Joe to Sean Marks and Joe side that Kenny Anderson got canned in a year that both of them did in the, that both of them didn't play. The Durant was recovering from his Achilles tear, and Kyrie Irving was discovering that the Earth was flat again. <laughs> make it make sense. Make it make sense, please. Make it make sense. You know what? I hope Kevin Durant gets traded. Yes, to one of the like the the lower tier teams, and that lower tier team like trades away everything for him, and then yes. Kevin Durant is ass. You know what? On that team, I agree with you, Lou. It's the Brooklyn Nets because that's exactly what the fuck they did. I just, as a Kevin Durant fan, all I'm gonna say is no. You're not going anywhere. I don't give a fuck what you do. You can say, like, you're not playing. We still got to pay you either way. Go ahead and fuck up your value. Fuck up your good years. And then end up playing with the Sacramento Kings like Chris Webber if you want to. 
Be my fucking guest. But Katie, you're absolutely wrong in this one. And the thing is, everybody was rooting for him. Even when, you know, the rest of his team, you know, talking about the other two, were acting like asses and they wanted to get traded and shit like that. It was nothing Mm -hmm. like this. Katie is being the biggest fucking baby I've seen. Actually, no, that's not. That's a lie. The biggest baby in Brooklyn. That should be the name of the podcast. The biggest fucking baby in Brooklyn. Because if I'm Steve Nash, I know I'm not going anywhere. Katie's getting shipped out. He's the loser that was playing. I was just coaching him. And clearly, I couldn't coach the other two. So it's not my fault. Just three big-ass egos who lost. Exactly. Let's not forget that. They lost. (laughs) Steve Nash didn't. And you told me to come here. You picked me. Hand-selected. So fuck you. I'll stay. You leave. I'll land. That's all I have to say. I, I, and we can land it. We can land that Katie discussion right there. You wanted him to be your coach, and now you want him fired. Ha! Kevin Durant, go ahead and fire up that burner and talk about me. You can at me directly. And if, when, you're in, when you're in Seat Pleasant, you know, I, you can come talk to me then. Kevin Durant is slowly becoming the one player in the NBA that no other NBA player wants to play with. Absolutely agree. Because, I like that I, I, well, I mean, he's, he's already done it twice. I said this a few weeks ago that he goes to a new team. He plays there for two years. Something he doesn't like happens. Hey, I'm, I'm Trump. Get, I want out. I want traded. He's going to be that way for the rest of his career. Which is why no other NBA player wants to play, wants to team up with him. You know what I think? I think he finally realized he couldn't win without Golden State. Mm -hmm. And he wants to get back in. He wanted to see if they were going to win without him. They did. And now he's like, damn. Guess I got to go back. And he wants to go back. Golden State don't want him, though. Golden State doesn't want that headache. Because guess what? They see this shit. You think Steph and Clay aren't just sitting back like he left us thinking we couldn't win without him, and now he can't win. He got an argument with uh, with Draymond during a game on the sideline. So exactly, Yo, like no, oh, that, and that's one of the reasons why he he left because right. they pretty much like yeah. Mm-mm. Katie, I'm usually on your side, my boy, but um, no, I I don't want him. I don't want to say to be successful. But I definitely don't want him to be in a position where he can dictate where the fuck he goes because these NBA players, these athletes, they have no self-control. They don't want to play to win. They want to play with their friends. And then when they lose, they complain. It's like, you picked this. Right. You literally went from A to Z picking what you wanted. We gave you what you wanted, and it didn't work. So now I'm on the side of the league. We're like, no, we gave you what you wanted. You didn't want it. Let you know, And it didn't work out for you. Now let me show you why your way doesn't always work. Every professional sports league works the way they work, obviously because of salary, money, and things like that. But they also know structure. You can't have too many fucking egos on the team or else it clashes. That's why we only get one all-star game. We don't get a, a player of the month game or team of the month. No, you, you get it once. So with KD, I just feel like This is one of those things where he saw an opportunity to say, you know what? I don't think they heard me. I'm going to speak louder. 
But the issue is the team doesn't have to do what you want them to do because you signed that contract. You signed it. So if I'm Steve Nash, you know what I'm doing? I'm going to Kawhi his ass. I'm like, nah, you on limited minutes. Fuck that. We got, we got to keep you healthy because clearly nobody's going to want to play with you after that because now you're making it seem like the coach is bad. You're making it seem like the team is ass pretty much. In, in my personal opinion, it just feels that way. He just don't want to play with anybody on that team. But guess what? You didn't have anybody on the team outside of everybody who's been injured in the past six years because that's all y'all could afford. So don't be surprised when Philly has the higher seed this year because right. I was just going to say, you know, someone had to be humbled. It's sad to say that, but James Harden had to be humbled. And I'm sure somebody put in his ears like you realize like this is the like the best position you're in right now. Exactly. No one's got no one's gotten to Katie yet and say, you know what, this is the best position for you right now. But now they're in a position where nobody wants to go. Nobody wants to play with Katie. And it's because of Katie. It's not the team. It's literally Katie. Brooklyn tried their hardest to get this person, this person, this person, and it's not working. And as much as I kept saying that I wanted him to come to Boston, nah, keep him. Keep him. Because 40 games into the season, I don't want him talking about, you know what, I want to be traded. Right. Or I'm opting out the next year. I don't want to see it. Fuck him. So. And him and Harden are still boys because there was just video on Twitter the other day of uh, them two hanging out at a Travis Scott concert. So. I mean, you know, they're still – watch them end up in Philly somehow. I highly doubt that would happen, but – Honestly, I can see them trying to do that shit. I can then, see them doing – And then guess whose team Brooklyn is? Yep. Ben Simmons. <laughs> yep. Can't wait. <clears throat> um, All right. Moving, <clears throat> moving right along. Moving right along. We're going to fly out to Tinseltown. And some Lakers executives would prefer exploring a deal for Anthony Davis. Whew. All right. Here we go. When the Los Angeles Lakers acquired Anthony Davis, it was assumed that he would lead the franchise in a post-LeBron James world. That may no longer be the case. Sean Devaney of Heavy reported, some in the Lakers or front office would prefer to explore Davis's trade value when Jane, when LeBron exits the franchise. A lot of a lot of that depends on where on where LeBron winds up. If he stays in Los Angeles and he stays a Laker, he had a lot of per, he had a lot personally invested in AD being there. So yes, in that case, Davis stays. But it's not a sure thing. A league executive told Devin. If there are some there, I'm sorry. There are some in that organization who would not mind seeing what they can bring back for AD, but they would not do it with LeBron there. You get to 2024 though, and maybe things change. The Lakers have AD for two more years for sure, and they and they can only hope he stays healthy. But after that, they have to think: Is this guy really our future? He can't stay on the floor, and he has to think. Do I want to be here without LeBron? That's why the Lakers do not want to give up those future picks. 
80 is under control through at least the 2023-24 season. His five-year, $190 million contract includes a player option for the 2024-25 campaign. And it would make sense for him to opt out with eyes on a new max contract that would pay him well north of $50 million annually. <clears throat> on the flip side, it would make some level of sense for the Lakers to explore their options once James exits the franchise. The Lakers have zero viable assets outside Davis. Their roster was a cast of misfit veterans last season, and there is no young player on their roster with anything close to all-star potential. There's also likely little help coming from the draft with the New Orleans Pelicans controlling their picks for at least the next two seasons. New Orleans has swap rights in 2023. They can choose between the Lakers 2024 and 2025 first round picks to satisfy terms of the Davis deal. When James leaves, the Lakers roster will likely be a barren wasteland consistent only of Davis. It could behoove the team to move on and start a full-scale rebuild by 2024. Davis has proven himself an unreliable heir to the throne, missing more games than he's played over the past two seasons as the Lakers floundered following their 2020 uh, championship. The Lakers acquired Davis at his absolute apex value and are carrying him on their roster as he's hidden or nadir. It's possible a healthy Davis reemerges as an all-NBA superstar, but little of what we've seen the last two years suggests that he's the generational building block the Lakers hoped. Thoughts? Okay, um, so LeBron is going to end up back in Miami. They're going to trade Tyler Hero, Kyle Lowry, maybe a first-round pick, and truthfully, in order to get LeBron's son in Miami because it's a big market and shit like that. I feel like they might have to give up uh, Oladipo also. They, they literally will have to give up the house, which I'm fine with because why the fuck not? Um, Anthony Davis doesn't hold any value anymore. He, he's like, uh, what was Homeboy's name who was in Sacramento? Um, Cousins. He, he's, he's literally on that trajectory of being a DeMarcus Cousins where it's like, Bro, you had it all, and you were supposed to be that guy. And you, yourself, just you don't have the mindset. Anthony Davis, I don't feel like he has the mindset. So I personally want to see LeBron back in Miami, not at Cleveland, because fuck them. I would just love to see him in a Miami Heat jersey. And the only, only reason I want to see him in a Miami Heat jersey is because I want to see people say who was actually the king of the Miami Heat, him or Dwayne Wade. I want to see these arguments for the next 10 years. I, I literally want to see it. So who, who do you think is? Honestly? Yes. Right I'll now, I my, say LeBron. I'll give you my honest answer. I said LeBron. That's my honest opinion. No, I think it's D-Wade. It was D-Wade's team before LeBron got there. Yeah, but he didn't win. Well, he won one, but... He didn't he win in the fact he went with a uh, starting to decline Shaq. Yeah, right, right. So imagine if like LeBron goes back to Miami, right? He gets Jimmy Butler that ring. It's like okay, he did it with Anthony Davis, got him a ring. 
went with Kevin Love, got Kevin Love a ring, goes to the one person who the league knows is the most deserving of getting a ring in Jimmy Butler. Goes to Miami and doesn't. We can honestly, comfortably say LeBron might be the king of Miami. I can see. I don't think he's going to be the. I don't think he will ever be the king of Miami. That is the way he until he dies. I, I you say I that. Agree. You say that now. But if fucking LeBron goes to Miami and wins another one, we got to talk. I see it, and, and I, I see this scenario playing out. All right. I, I think there's no way that he ends up in Miami. And I said this, I don't know, last year, a couple months ago, during the basketball season. But I think LeBron will play his last season in Cleveland and then retire as a Cleveland Cavalier. I see no way around it. Also remember this context. LeBron changed the first time he left Cleveland. And went to Miami. He has changed teams every four years. Guess what this season is for LeBron in in in, in LA? His fourth season. Now, when he's eligible eligible to, to sign the an extension this year or next he's year? He's not. You know, he's eligible right now. He became eligible on Thursday. Okay, I did. I and did it, think I saw year, a report the other day that said that he's yeah. he was close two years, to signing that extension. Million, two years, ninety three million dollars. But it's probably a one and one, you know, one year. It's probably right, one year right. with, a, with a player option. But right. I mean, just just remember, outside of the first seven years of his career in Cleveland, uh, he has changed teams every four years. So I went to Miami, stayed there four years, left Miami, went back to Cleveland, stayed in Cleveland four years. This is his fourth up upcoming. Is this is his fourth? This will be his fourth season in in LA. Think about, like I said, look at the trends. I think he leaves. I think he leaves LA next year. After next year, how many more? How many more years do you think he plays in the league? Four. You think I he's say, got four more in him? Wow. I think he's, Unfortunately, I, I'm gonna say three. I'm gonna say three. I think he has one more season in him. Is you know being an uh, all NBA type player, and then. You know, we all know Father Time is undefeated. Right. right. So yeah, I think he has one good, one very like MVP cow season left for him, and, and then I think he may have one or two seasons where he's not all NBA, but he's an All Star. I mean, he of course he's going to be an All Star, like well, right. This is probably, right. but I mean, where the All Star not will actually be like worthy he would be worthy of that all star now and not just because he not because of his name and his stature in the league. So I, I'm gonna say three. I'm gonna okay. say three. And then that last so, season, that third season, that's when Barney that's when Barney would be in the league and he could just chill. Okay. And now, then he'll hang it up then. And that's mm-hmm. what I was gonna get to. Or now whatever team drafts Bron or, or I'm sorry, Bronny, uh LeBron's going to want to play with him, right? So that team's going to be happy as all get up. Then, all right, we're going to get LeBron now for a year, too. Not realizing it's declining LeBron that he ain't going to really do much. So here's my thing. I think LeBron plays 
probably two years, right? Mm-hmm. Retires or, or steps away from the game. Maybe not retire. Yep. Step away from the game. And, and I'd say five to seven years, LeBron will own an NBA team. And he'll own the new Las Vegas franchise. Because he wants to own and run a franchise so bad right now. Yeah. And you know Las Vegas is probably as good a city, either there or uh, Seattle, if Seattle, Seattle gets a team back. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, he <clears throat> he's talked about this before, that he would love to allow, not maybe not own, but, like, to run the team and everything. So. That's where I see him in about five to seven years. Play another two years, play step away from the game, play like half a season with his son, and then retire. That, that's an interesting take. And it makes sense. It, it make does. Sense. He, <clears throat> he has definitely said that he wants to um he wants to run a franchise and and running it could mean being a GM or mm-hmm. running it could be in being uh, the next, the, the next MJ and owner of the franchise, right? Well, being a controlling owner of the franchise, he's gonna. And we know we know that LeBron is a billionaire, but he's gonna need he's gonna need a whole bunch of he's gonna need a bunch of other investors to go in with him. And oh, he'll, he'll get them. He'll get them. Of course, he'll get them. That's what I say. That's what I say. LeBron a is a very, very, very smart businessman. So I agree. He's got that going for him. I agree. I agree. All right. Here comes the fun part of the show. Here's the fun part of the show. So, we are going to play a game. Well, you know, I, I've missed my games. I missed my games. But we're going we're gonna to play a game today. And it's called NBA What Ifs. Now, I'm not going to... <clears throat> Where I got this from, they have a what if for every team. We're just going to pick around. We're going to pick and choose. Skip around. Like, talk about some franchises, leave, leave some out. But I saw Thanks. this yesterday. I saw this yesterday, and I was talking about it. We were giving some of the scenarios to, to Greg, and he's like, ooh, yes. So, <clears throat> ooh, here we go. Here we go. Let me pull it up right now. All right. So, ever take a minute to think about how the course of, of history for your favorite NBA team might have been altered had something about its past unfolded differently? Would changing that moment culminate in a title not won, an alternative era that never seen, forge or, or persevere, or preserve a dynasty that was otherwise non-existent or came undone? Could your team still be feeling the ripple effects today from a distant opportunity missed or bad luck run amok? Or will revising that singular moment, transaction, injury, decision, whatever, impact only a singular window of basketball, if not fail to materially change much of anything? These are the questions, the what of scenarios. This exercise seeks to identify and unpack for every NBA squad, but we're not going to talk about all thirds, all thirty teams. Oh, which team should we start with? I'm going to let y'all choose which team to start with. 
What team do you start with? The Charlotte okay. Hornets. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> the Charlotte Hornets. Whew. All right. This what if goes back to 2000, focuses on the 2012 draft. As you remember, in the 2012 draft, Charlotte had Charlotte had the number two pick. Remember? Charlotte had the number one had the number two pick. And New Orleans that year won the lottery and drafted Anthony Davis. Let's go into the what if machine. Who ordered yet another what if moment headlined by Anthony Davis? The easy answer is what if the thin the then Charlotte Bobcats won the 2012 draft lottery and selected Anthony Davis instead of Michael Kidd Gilchrist. The core changes... Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I I didn't know you were done. The core changes dramatically considering that Kimball Walker blossomed sooner than add to that the last vestiges of Al Jefferson. They would have accomplished something that had never... that, that hadn't been done since the franchise left Charlotte in 2002, back-to-back playoff appearance, appearances. So let's go into that. What if the Charlotte Bobcats won the, won the 2012 draft lottery and had the right to select Anthony Davis instead of getting Michael K. Gilchrist? Let's go even further. I'm going to go even further to that. Remember, 2000, that season, 2011-2012, the Bobcats won seven games that season. Seven. Do you remember that? Unfortunately. They had yeah. the worst winning percentage in league history that season. Well, Let me first of all... I'm sorry. I'm just going to say who else was available... Who else they could have got at number two? That was the draft. That Bradley Bill went number three to the Wizards. That was the draft that Damian Lillard went number six to the to the to Portland. Mm. And Kimba was his in his second season. Uh, his second or third season. What if you insert an Anthony Davis into that franchise instead of Michael K. Gilchrist? Well, number one, you 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 mispronounce his name. It's uh, it's Anthony Day to Davis. Um, <laughs> number uh, <laughs> number two, um, they probably would have won five, six more games. Mm-hmm. So they probably would have won twelve or thirteen games. No, no, no! Remember, they had that unit. No, that season. You think going forward? Hey, let me just throw out a scenario. Oh, you're just talking overall. Yeah. So in 2016, in in 2016, Charlotte made the playoffs. They played the in the first round against the Heat, and and remember that series. That series. This is post-LeBron Miami. Post-LeBron Miami. That series went seven. What if you had, what if Charlotte had, what if Charlotte had Anthony Davis in that series playing that game seven? And again, post-heat, post, um, 
post Chris Bosh, pre Jimmy Butler. See, I, I'd, I'd have to know, like, if Anthony Davis is on that roster, who else is on Charlotte's roster, too? In that year, they had Nicholas Batum and Marvin Williams. Yeah, Nick um, Little and Marvin Williams with with Kimber. Hmm. Hmm. Well, I mean, yeah, they. Uh, hmm. uh, that's interesting. Do they beat Miami still- in that game seven? And this does the following season. Did they make another? You know, they've never had a back to back season where they made the playoffs. Do they get in the playoffs in two thousand seventeen? If Anthony Davis is on that roster, I just think they'd be talented losers. So, it makes sense. <laughs> it it kind of makes sense, though. I mean, they'd be like mediocre, like like good for three, four games, and then lose five, six in a row. You know, like just kind of mediocre middle of the pack. That's what I think. Okay. All right. All right. Next team. Greg, your turn. turn. Greg, your turn. No, I picked Charlotte. I picked Charlotte. Oh, okay. Sorry, sorry, Greg. Lou, your turn. Which team should we talk about next? I just got a feeling if I pick that city, I already know what the question or like what it's going to be about. But I'll do it anyway. Go ahead. Go ahead. Cleveland. What happens if they didn't draft LeBron, right? Uh, no. Oh, okay. No. What if Kyrie That's... thought the earth was flat back then? What? No. no. Ky- Kyrie, Kyrie, is in this. Kyrie is in this. What okay, go if Kyrie, Kyrie Irving does not get injured in the 2015 finals? I, 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 I still think they lose. Same. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, the Golden State was just, <clears throat> you know. Okay, so let me, so so let me, let me, let me dig, let me dig into this. Um, the 2015 Finals, Kyrie Irving suffered a fractured left kneecap. That same seat, that same uh, Finals, Kevin Love, Kevin Love was injured with a shoulder injury, so it was basically just LeBron. And the other scrubs that Cleveland had on the roster. Right. And Kevin Love actually separated his shoulder against Boston, I believe, uh, in the series before the finals, I think. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so he must have re-injured then during the finals. But go ahead. I'm sorry. Okay. So all right, let's go. Let's go further. So many of the issues between Kyrie and LeBron blossomed from that moment with LeBron questioning whether Kyrie was hurt throughout the playoffs and feeling like he played through it. A lot of the reporting, even at the time, suggested that when Kyrie went down, it created a significant fissure in their relationship. There's the immediate question of whether they would have, they would win in 2015 if Kyrie was healthy, but the long-term implications are fascinating as well. Remember, when Kyrie, as you said, LeBron thought Kyrie was injured or was like faking his injury. And 
that's what led to Ben Fisher, which eventually led to Kyrie. Kyrie asking to get out, yeah. Asking to yeah, to get out because he wants to right. be the alpha of the team. Right, right. I mean, if he doesn't get injured, I still think they lose. But yeah. they, won in, they won in 2016. And if Kyrie would have stayed with them after that, I really think they probably could have won two or three if they had kept the core together. Because they had a good core with uh, with J.R. Smith, um, Shumpert. Um, mm-hmm. Who else is on that team? Della Vadova. Yeah, Della Vadova. You know, they had good role isn't he players. Back in, isn't he back like he's supposed to be coming back this year? Yes. I did yeah. hear something about that uh, a week or two ago that he, he wanted to come back to the league, but I don't know if anybody's actually signed oh, him. Yeah, they, no, a team signed him. A team signed him. Oh, really? Him. I can't tell you. I can't remember which team it was, but a team did sign him. All right. Ooh, that was juicy. The, I'm going to pick – well, it's my turn to pick the team. So I am going, and this is, these are not all like, you know, 2010 or whatever. It, this, this exercise covers a lot of history. It goes even back to the 60s and how a potential pick, even in the 60s, could have changed the uh, trajectory of the entire franchise going forward. But I'm going to go. Ooh, let's talk about this team. Detroit. The Detroit Pistons. In this scenario, we're going back to 1988 when Isaiah Thomas turned his ankle during the 1988 NBA Finals. Of course, when you think of Detroit, you automatically think of Darko, right? 2000, 2003 draft when they had a, they had a chance to draft Carmelo Anthony and they chose Darko and you saw how that worked out. But let's go back to the let's go back to the bad boy Pistons. What if Isaiah Thomas didn't turn his ankle in Game Six at the at the '88 Finals? Everyone remembers the 43 point heroics on that turned ankle. The visual of the shortest guy on the court looking up and down the floor, willing his team to stay in the game, is actually the NBA lore. But the Pistons lost Game Six despite Isaiah's best efforts, and he had nothing left. In game seven, in a game that he had 10 points on four from shooting with seven assists. Now, the Pistons only lost, the, the Pistons lost game six and game seven in that series by one point and three points. One point in game six, three points in game seven. But if Isaiah Thomas is healthy, do you think they would have beat the you think they would have? Think they would have beat the Lakers? If they had won Game Six, they had to go back to the form. You know, if, well, let's just say they lost Game Six, and they had to go back to the form in Game Seven with a healthy Isaiah Thomas. They beat the Lakers in the form in Game Seven because they wouldn't. They, it wouldn't. That would have been a three-peat for them. It would have been a three-peat for the the Pistons. Okay, and then 
And th- this is when they had uh, Rodman and Bill Lambeer. You, this is the bad, yeah, the bad boy. Pistons. Or this is before Bill Lambeer. No, Rodman came, Rodman came in that season. Okay, okay. So who else did they have? They had um, Lambeer. Uh, yeah, I know. I'm thinking of. Uh, uh, I can't think of the other two guys' names. Joe Dumars. That's what. That's right. Yeah, Dumars. And who did the Lakers have that season? What were that was the, and, and Magic. Uh, mm. And Worthy and Magic. They had um, uh, um. Oh man. Yeah, but again, if 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 Detroit won that series, that would be a three-peat for them, and we're talking about a whole trajectory of history change for that franchise. So I'm going to just explain the scenario five more. <clears throat> so... This writer wrote, I've always personally, I personally always viewed the Isaiah Thomas injury as typical collateral damage, but the implications it had on how he and that Pistons error is remembered today have seldom, if ever, crossed my mind. The greatest point guard debate in particular would sound extremely different. Detroit's championships are often thought of as um, interrogums, little blips between the real story of the NBA, the Celtics and the Lakers, and Michael Jordan. 2004 Pistons are still the asterisk champions. Everyone remembers those finals as one the Lakers lost. Mm-hmm. As if they didn't get their asses whooped for the entirety of, its, of that series. A three-peat oh, no. in Detroit a three-peat in Detroit during the NBA's ascension into the global entity it is today was squarely etched the Pistons into NBA lore in a way I think more accurately represents just how good that team was. Hmm. I, I, um, I, I don't know. The Lakers were actually pretty good. Um, I, I just feel as though, like, th- this might be the one what if that would have mm-hmm. still had the same outcome. You know what I mean? Like, it just feels like no matter what, that was destined to happen and there was nothing that was going to change that. So this might be one of the few what-ifs where I'm like, you know what, nothing would have changed. So I'm, I'm I like, I like that. I like that. Okay. Alright. Yeah, here's a juicy one. I'm going to pick this next one. And then uh, we're just going to go back and we'll do 16s. I, um, I will start off, then then Lou, and then Greg, you'll, you're, uh, you'll pick the last one. Cool? <clears throat> I'm going to go to Golden State and go back to and go back to the trade that was made in 2012 in which the Warriors traded Monte Ellis for Andrew Bogut. What if Steph Curry was included in that trade instead of Monte Ellis? Do we have the dynastic warriors that we know they are that we know of today? Oh, hell no. 
<laughs> no way. <laughs> no. So, I'm gonna, so there were some other scenarios that they came up with this. What if the Warriors, <clears throat> what if they didn't collapse in the 2016 finals? What Would Kevin Durant still board the bandwagon that summer? What if they didn't overcome a 3-1 deficit of their own against the Oklahoma City Thunder that same postseason? What if Mark Jackson was not swapped out for Steve Kerr as head coach? Or what if a David Lee injury didn't create the original one ring? Could Draymond Green take on a more prominent role? What and the last one? What if they traded Clay Thompson for Kevin Love? And that almost happened. The it Golden did. State. It, it really, really almost happened too. Mm. But I want If Curry's not on that team, then no, there, there's no dynasty. There's no, you know, there's no two, three championships. I, I don't think. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, go, go ahead. Go. Sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Um, Steph Curry's good. Great. Even. I just also feel like the NBA picks who they want to be stars. Um, because when I look at film, like Giannis wasn't supposed to be Giannis. Giannis became Giannis. You know what I mean? Like it. It just feels like. They, they have a set group or core people like, you know what? This is going to carry us into the next 5, 10, 15 years. Like, they do that shit. So, I felt like it was always between Steph and Monte Ellis. But the thing is, Monte Ellis was kind of like... Um, I'm, I'm trying to think. He was a backup player. No, 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 no. What, what I'm trying to say is he was late a generation. Monte Ellis was supposed to be like that that after Iverson era. Like he was like the the bad boy of the league that was supposed to kind of replace Iverson, but the league didn't need bad guys because he had LeBron. You know what I mean? Like we, we don't need bad guys. We just we need guys who are like, you know what, just gonna sell seats. Monte right. Ellis They wanted just, to change the image. Yeah. And I, I just felt like Monte Ellis just was never that. He, he's the equivalent of damn. I, I hate that I'm about to say this. And please, God forgive me for saying it. Um, Monte Ellis is to Steph Curry what Stephon Marbury was to Allen Iverson. Ooh, okay, wow. okay, interesting, okay. Hmm. It's fucked up to think about it like that, though, right? Like. I, I, I'm trying to run it through my head right now, and I mean that's very, very interesting though. It's like, yo, like everybody was propping him up to be that guy, and then mm-hmm. when the the trade and everything happened, it was like him instead of him. Why not? And then we, <laughs> and then we quickly found out why. And the thing is, like, if Monte Ellis would have went overseas, he literally would have been Stephon Mulberry because everybody loved Monte Ellis for his gameplay, but then they also realized like. Steph is good over here. He's box office. He's entertaining. Monte Ellis is just good. He's a good player. That's how we treat Stephon Marbury. It's like, yo, he's a legend over there because he's a good player. But Allen Iverson is literally God over here because. Right. (laughs) Yeah. I hate that. That is very interesting. No, you don't. No, you didn't. I love it. I love it. So I want to dig into the Steph. 
thing a little bit more. If we accept that Stephen Curry is the person most responsible for transforming the Warriors from laughingstock to a glamour market powerhouse, which we should because it's true, then we have to choose to consider. <clears throat> then we have to choose the moment that that would have removed him from the organization entirely. It could have been him and not Monte Ellis who went to the Bucks in a package for Andrew Bogut in 2012. Judging by the fan response at the time, most might even have preferred that Curry had been the one to go. The mm-hmm. home crowd home relentlessly booed Governor Joe Lacob in the aftermath of, aftermath of the trade. If only they'd known then that the next seven years would include three titles and five finals trips, a remarkable run of success driven by Curry, who, who'd win a pair of NBA MVPs in the process. Basically, every other sliding door moment in the relevant portion of Royals history hinges on that one transaction. Remove Curry from the equation via that trade, and the dubs would have been led by Ellis, who never averaged over 20 points per game following the trade, and if we're being honest, was always a glorified six-man masquerading as a starter. In this alternate reality, there are no Splash Brothers, Draymond Green would have had an all-time shooter and off-ball mover to minimize his weaknesses and play to his strengths. The 73 season surely would have never happened, and KD wouldn't arrive or depart. The whole course of Warriors history would have gone in another indisputably worse direction. Curry saved the franchise that nearly traded him. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Here's another one quick scenario. Um, Would Steph Curry be like the player that he is if he was on like another, uh, like any other team? No. I don't think so either. No, because the freedom that, the freedom that Steve Kerr gives him. Exactly. And you have to give Mark Jackson credit too. The freedom that those two coaches gave him to, hey, wherever you're on the court, shoot. Bingo. Never would have happened under any other head coach. Right. On I any other team. Which, you want to know what's so crazy? And I hate to say this because uh, I'm bringing it back like 40 minutes. Um, KD wanted Steve Nash to be Steve Kerr. He was like, I can have me a white coach that was a Hall of Famer that's honestly good and proven. And then it's like, yeah, but you're still Kevin Durant. <laughs> I know how fucked up that sounds, bro. But, like, when you brought up Steve Kerr, that was the first thing I thought about. I'm like, yo, like, he really thought that he could, like, propagate Steve Nash as, like, the guy. And now he wants to get him fired. So, all I'm going to say is, Steph Curry, thank you for staying the course, man. That thank you for staying the course and proving me wrong, which it, it's not hard to prove me wrong, but it's definitely hard to make me like you. And Steph Curry made me like him. I, I, I'm really fond of Steph Curry, so shout out to him, man. But damn, that Monte Ellis thing really is kind of blowing my day now. <laughs> yeah, like, what what would have happened if he would have ended up going to like a Chicago with Jimmy Butler? Or like Orlando with Blake Griffin, like that. These are wow. 
bro. Mm-mm-mm. I hate it here. You mean I hate it here. Orlando? It said I hate it here. You mean Orlando with Dwight Howard? No, no, with Blake Griffin. Remember, Blake was in Orlando too. No, was that no? Was no. that Blake? No, Blake. No, um, no. Blake, Blake no, was Dwight with Howard. the Clippers. Yeah, no, I'm thinking about. Fuck, that's how old I am. I'm thinking about homeboy who uh, won the dunk contest. Aaron Gordon. Oh, mm. oh, yeah, okay, Aaron Gordon, yeah. Okay. Because remember, they were a playoff caliber team, and mm-hmm. they were – wow. You know what? They, these what-ups are good. I like these. Keep going. Keep going. I like this shit. <laughs> All right, Lou. You <laughs> You're next. Okay. Um, hmm. This should be a juicy one. What about the Knicks? Oh, oh, oh. What if they never kicked Charles Oakley out of the crowd? <laughs> <laughs> what if Joe Kane right, no one? To, uh, <laughs> oh, never mind. I'm going to it right <laughs> now. What if they didn't serve alcohol in the second half of that game? Listen, <laughs> oh my god. What if Kyrie Irving right. ended up going to the other New York team? Oh, oh boy. Just, those are some good ones. <clears throat> but the one we're going to focus on for the Knicks is is Bernard King's exit. Think of any NBA season over the past four decades. Any NBA season. The New York Knicks probably have a what-if moment, transaction, development, whatever from that year. What if they didn't negotiate against themselves in the Carmelo Anthony trade? Ooh, that's one we can talk about all day. Yes. What if they never Ooh. what if they never dealt for Andrea Bargnani during the 2013 offseason? What if Amari Stoudemire's health never implodes? What if they don't sign, sign stat in the first place? What if Stephen Curry falls one pick lower? What if Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving join the Knicks rather than the Nets? Uh-oh. Oh, look. This man can read the future. What if, what if Michael Jordan left Chicago for New York in 1996? What if Patrick Ewing's knees never implode? Mm. I was just thinking that very same scenario. Patrick oh, 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 look at that. <laughs> look at that. Look at oh, this. Right. So many good ones with the Knicks. Oh, I know. I love we're going well, to go. Juicy one. It's going to be a juicy one. But the number one decision, the number one one if harkens back to 1987 and New Damn. York's decision to part Damn. ways with Bernard King. I was a junior in high school. Shit. Damn. King, King, for those younger <laughs> fans who may not be familiar, was for a time perhaps the best player ever to suit up for the Knicks. In the 1983-84 season, he finished second to Larry Bird in MVP voting. And he was just getting started. After averaging 26 points per game in 1983-84, King was putting up nearly 33 per night in in 1984-85. That's when tragedy struck and he tore his ACL in March of 1985, which would keep him out for two years. By the time he returned, the franchise had received a a somewhat significant talent upgrade in the form of Patrick Ewing. Unfortunately, when King returned to play six games at the tail end of the 1986-87 season, Ewing saw him. Ewing himself was sidelined. Nick's brass never saw them share the same court, but nonetheless decided to move on from King, despite him having just turned 30. <coughs> Excuse me. It turned out to be a mistake. 
King Cordo of Washington, the Bullets at the time, steadily building his scoring average back up over the next four seasons, from 17 to 20 to 22, and then all the way up to 28 points per game in the 1990-91 season, a feat that resulted in an all-star berth and a selection to the all-NBA third team. Me, New York, meanwhile, was wasting the talents of Ewan, who had just finished with consecutive top five MVP finishes. Hey, does that sound familiar? Joel Embiid? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not to mention Mark Jackson, the 1988 Rookie of the Year, who made an all-star team in his second year, and the newly acquired Charles Oakley. They were good, but not quite good enough, with a glaring need for a scoring wing in place of sub-elite talents like Joe Wilkins, Johnny Newman, and Kiki Vandeweghe. King would have been a perfect fit, perhaps even good enough to make the difference against the Bulls in a 1989 second-round defeat that turned out to be Rick Pitino's last game as Nick's head coach. Mm. Ultimately, this isn't a perfect what-if because King's return was short-lived thanks to another injury in 1991. Still, the greatest question in franchise history would always be what Ewing would have been able to do with a true running mate. We nearly had the answer, but unfortunately, Knicks fans will always be left guessing. Just what if? If we just, like, what Bernard King was able to do, what if, just what if he didn't, what, another what if, what if he didn't tear his ACL that year in, in, in 86? And I mean, I'm sorry, in 85. And was healthy enough to be with Patrick Ewing. Just thinking about, you know, thinking about the, the NBA in that era and, um, and it, it just, it's so many, it's so many, especially when it comes to New York. I mean, right, 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 right. It's so many. Like, what if, what if Patrick Ewing had a true running mate? Like, a legit running mate and not some, you know, scrubs like John Starks. <laughs> yep. Ooh. Honestly, ooh, um, they would have won maybe one ring. One. Yeah, that's all I can give them is one. Um, one I see. Uh, well, back then it was just the like it was just the Lakers and the Celtics. They could have. They could have beat Boston. They could have. They could have beat. But they didn't. And I don't think anyone, you know, even Boston struggled against the Showtime Lakers. Yeah. Um, I'm just biased. So I'm I'm, I'm, going to skip out on this one because I'm super biased. Okay. All right. Well, we're on the last team. The last team of this series. And Greg, this is on you. Um... I, I, I want a two for one. If it's going to be the last one, I want two teams. I want two okay, teams. Okay, So right. my first team is going to be the Miami Heat. Okay, let's go up to Miami. Just give me one second. Mm-hmm. Miami Heat. What if Chris Bosch's career did not get cut short by blood clots? See, this is why I had two for one. This is, this is like double jeopardy. They definitely would have won, won one or two more championships. Absolutely. Absolutely. Easily. 
I agree. Oh. So, I mean, what if that, that was considered? What if Ray Allen misses? What if LeBron James never leaves? Wow. But yeah, what if Chris Bosh career did not get cut short because of black lots? Okay. Um, now, I, I said, now, if I said two, then Lou gets two as well. So my second one, <laughs> my, my second one, I'm, I'm so divided. But I want to say, wanna... before, before you get to the second one, I, w- I, I, I want to I dig into this even, I want to dig into this, uh, ahead, this scenario even further because that injury, his career being cut short, it literally changed the entire trajectory of the franchise until Jimmy Butler got there. So, Agreed. that, not just on yep. the court, but off it as well. Without without Bosch falling ill, Miami likely would have never stumbled into a so-called forgotten years. And as a result, it very well might never have gone after Jimmy Butler. And although the cause and effect of both are easy to see from a purely basketball perspective, the cultural ramifications should not go overlooked. Yeah. From the tandems of Rook 1 and Rook 2, Josh Richardson and Justice Winslow, Goran Dragic, and Dion Raiders, um, and the brothers Johnson, James and Tyler, to, to Dwayne Wade's return. I firmly believe everything can be traced back to losing Bosch. This is un- widely unsettling to think about, and it says nothing of what the Heat might have looked like with a fully healthy Bosch, who, despite his third option status during the Heatles era, was a ridiculously good and historically underrated player. Knowing that team president Pat Riley is addicted to superstar pursuits, I can only imagine a post-Big Three era led by Bosch peaks with the Southern, with the South Beach Godfather, landing another marquee name even sooner. Maybe it's still Butler. Another fascinating consequence are the Heat in position to draft Tyler Hero in number 13 in 2019. I know we can focus on LeBron's exit, but what if Miami doesn't what if Miami doesn't get trumped by the San Antonio Spurs in 2014? That Heatles course spent the entire season operating on the brink and changing scenery every four years has essentially been LeBron's modus operandi since leaving Cleveland the first time. Marsh's health and abruptly shortened career is more impactful. So was Goran Dragic's left foot injury during the 2020 NBA Finals. What if he stays healthy? Do the Heat beat the Lakers? Mm-hmm. In in the bubble, in the bubble, no, no, nah. that no. that was paid for. It, thank you, exactly. Yeah, that, that <laughs> was already paid for. Yeah, they already had the bubble. They already had the bubble heads out for sale again and, and Target and everything. So they they really did. Like they, yeah. they you know how most. Yeah, never mind, never mind. I was going to go for a long time. <laughs> I'm gonna just leave that alone. My my second team. Um, I, I was between two, and don't take money. <laughs> The Atlanta Hawks. Okay, that's the not Atlanta mine. Hawks. Okay, I'm not going to take the yours, two, Lou. Okay. The 2005. All right, <laughs> the what if for the Atlanta Hawks? The 2005 draft. Recency bias might call for yet another Luka Doncic versus Trey Young debate, but Trey has trans- transcended enough himself to avoid having his fate so far inadorably tied to Luka. The Atlanta Hawks 2005 draft day decision. On the other hand, that bears rehashing. 
Only one moment in recent Atlanta Hawks history left a dent in my wall from a television remote thrown across the room out of frustration. So that has to be the choice here. Once Andrew Bogut came off the board with the number one pick in the 05 draft, why did then general manager Billy Knight opt to use the second overall selection for Marvin Williams? <clears throat> Even at the time, it was a questionable decision since Williams, high two-way potential and everything taken into account, they started a grand total of zero games for a championship-winning North Carolina squad. But beyond that, Darren Williams and Chris Paul came mm. off the board directly behind the longtime role player, and we all know how that turned out. Damn. Mm-hmm. If you need a reminder, not too well for the Hawks. The truly baffling part, though, was that Atlanta actually needed help at point guard. A 27-year-old Taiwan Lu drew the majority of starts at the one in 2004-05 after arriving via a mid-season trade with the Houston Rockets, and the franchise didn't seem to have any long-term plans. Sure enough, Royal Ivy, remember him? Taken in the second round of the 2004 draft, ended up starting for most of Williams' rookie year. Just imagine how the franchise's trajectory could have been forever altered had Paul been calling the shots for a Hawks roster that struggled to climb out of the Eastern Conference basement during the early portion of the Joe Johnson, Josh Smith era. Mm-hmm. Wow. This is two good ones back to back. I love yeah. this shit. I love <laughs> this. Oh, man. Yeah, we got to have more games like this. This is kind of dope. Um, is it sad for me to say, like, I naturally like the Atlanta Hawks because I always feel like the team can win. Like, I always feel this way. But now that I hear this what if, like, it, it should have happened. It's not even a what if. It literally should have happened. Chris Paul. I mean, you got to wow, think about it man. at the time. Chris, like, even throwing Darren Williams into there. You know, Darren Williams was very good in Utah during his Utah year. And the first season or two when he got to Brooklyn. We just imagine either or. Either Darren Williams or Chris Paul with Joe Johnson and Josh Smith. You talk about Lop City? <laughs> Lop City before there was Lop City? No. Now, I'm not saying they want to win a ring. They're, that team's not winning a ring. That team is just going to perpetually be the team that either wins one game in the, you know, in the NBA Finals or loses game Doesn't seven get there. in the conference finals. Like, it, mm-hmm. it's, it's going to be one of those two. We're like, that. They, um, what's it, Sacramento, who was like, yo, like, they're good. And then we're like, they're, they're not good. They just had everybody else in the Western Conference injured, so they showed up. Like that's going to be them. But I will say I'm pleasantly surprised at this "what if" because looking at like that team and how you structured it, that that would have definitely been a conference final team. And I hate that I'm about to say this. That sounds like the Milwaukee Bucks. It sounds like the Milwaukee Bucks before Drew Holiday got there. Agreed. It, it sounds like the team that's like, you know what? Yeah, we uh, we got it done one year, but then every year after this, like, we're going to be the afterthought in the league. Because that's how I feel about Milwaukee. Every year, like, they won the ring, and now I'm just always going to look at them as the team who won't get it done again. 
And honestly, that's because there's too many fucking Antacupos, like, in the league. Like, why the fuck do we have 17 of them? Like, can we just, <laughs> like, can we just be done with this shit? Like, because I'm waiting, like, does he have, wait, does he have any sisters? Because the WNBA is going to be next, right? Like, well, uh, uh, only one of the Antacupos is relevant. So the other two yeah, really that, aren't. <laughs> no, no, no. I looked on Instagram. Apparently there's four of them. And they're all in the league now. Four of them? There's fucking four of them. Q, if you could wow. please fact check that for me. Well, I know his brother plays on Tanassus. He plays with Giannis. And I know one one plays for the Lakers. That's the only three I know of. Okay, so there's Giannis. There's the one he plays with. There's the one that's with the Lakers. There's a fourth one that just got to the league. Q, please, like, I have to look this up. I really have to look this up. Because I saw it today. Anta... Can't even fucking spell their names. Jesus. It's A-N-T-A-C. Just type in Giannis. <laughs> Google. No, no I, I knew I wasn't lying. So there's Giannis, Theonis, Costas, Francis, and Alex. Francis. Yeah, what who's Francis? How many how many of the brothers play in the NF, in the NBA? The family tree. So, Theonis, Costas, and Alex. Wife, Mariah, and kids. Wait, the wife plays in NBA? What the fuck are we doing here, right? <laughs> um, oh, no, the, the photo was them taking a photo playing for the Greece uh, national team, right? Mm-hmm. But, so there's five brothers. Yeah, that, there's a total of five brothers. So, I'm going to just look up the net worth really quick because I know we're moving on, right? So among five brothers, Francis has not soared in his career unlike his brothers. However, it is on him to choose a different path than his brothers, right? So Francis <laughs> must be like the one who he, he just, looks like the the shortest one out of the pair. He's the shortest one. He's the yeah. shortest one. Um. So basically, he's the um, the rich Paul of the Antetokounmpo's. Was it Antetokounmpo? <laughs> Fuck. Um, I'll take the, the, the Giannis brothers. Cause <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, wow. Man. But yeah. Um, yeah, I definitely, I was like, wait, there's a, there's a lot of them like in the league, but yeah, back, back to the statement. Um, Milwaukee isn't as good as I believe. I feel like that was a one-year fluke the same way with the Lakers. It's like, well, the Lakers, like, they won. We expected that. And then Milwaukee, at some point, people were just like, oh, they want Milwaukee to win so Giannis can have a ring because they're trying to prop him up to be the guy after LeBron's gone. Cool, no big deal. But he's still going to be playing with Milwaukee. So it's either he can be one of two things. He's going to end up being, like, the Hakeem Olajuwon or he's going to end up being the Shaq. Which, like, what path is Giannis going to be on? You know what I mean? But Right, right. Um. I, I see him being the Hakeem route, where it's like, no, we really like Giannis. He got his rings. He got him early. He's always going to be competitive with Milwaukee, but he's not going to be as competitive as, uh, you know, the team that he's playing against. He's never going to outplay, you know, Golden State. He's never going to outplay uh, Boston or even a Miami. Like, he's just going to be the guy who has to get it done. So, if they would have won this year and he had that Hakeem back-to-back thing, 
And I'm like, oh, it makes sense. But yeah, nah. I, I just I'm not a believer in Milwaukee at all. And neither is Aaron Rodgers, so we agree. <laughs> oh man. Oh boy. All right. Um all right. Lou. All right. Now I got it out? down I, I've been thinking. I got it down to two teams. Okay. All right. It's either the Lakers or Portland. Ooh, let's start with Portland first, so then we can get to the Lakers. Oh, we're just like three. I didn't mean to do three, Greg. I just no, no, oh, no, 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 no. Fine, since you, since you did, since you did three, you um, get another one. <laughs> I, I, I don't, I don't want to say, I don't even want to hear the what if. Um, but my third team was actually going to be Indiana because I would. I was really hoping that the uh, the Indiana what if was going to be Paul George. That, that's the only you know thing. We I are, we, you know what we are we are we're actually doing well in time because we're actually doing well with time. So yeah. we can we can consider some more. So let's go to Indiana. Game five in the first round of the 2018 postseason. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> we I wasn't expecting this. The most powerful what ifs are those that evoke emotions not just for the particular moment and its implications, but for many of its predecessors. What doesn't happen can sometimes be a culmination, the apex or conclusion in a line of nagging memories that combine a sense of what could have been and visions unfinished to gnaw at your fandom. When LeBron James knocked down a three pointer as time aspired to seal game five for the Cavaliers in 2018. It immediately brought back shades of his game-winning layup against the Pacers in Game 1 of the 2013 Eastern Conference Finals. Not only because both nail-biting and inexcusably uninhibited displays of the four-time MVP's greatness came at the heartbreaking expense of the Pacers when they had the chance to take a serious lead, but also because each was, in part, the product of the sort of defensive breakdowns which forever leave a maddening trail of unanswerable questions. Ignore the goaltend that would have put the paces up 97 and 95 for a second. LeBron went for three when the game was tied. <clears throat> and put aside whether Roy Hibbert should have been in the game, switching everything better allows for, more, for making snap judgment calls. Just as Thaddeus Young got snagged on the screen, allowing LeBron to shoot more comfortably moving to his left, Paul George made an awful error in overplaying the generational talent, giving him the lane to the basket. Meanwhile, Sam Young lacked the court awareness to slide over quickly enough to take a charge, and Nate McMillan held on to a timeout and a foul to give. With Boyan Bardanovich loosely contesting the inbounds pass rather than doubling LeBron with that already had five fouls. In both cases, with the sequel being a bad remake of the original, the Pacers are left to wonder whether they beat themselves or cemented their status as tough outs against all-time greats. They lasted seven games against Jordan's Bulls, Won three straight, only to drop game six of the NBA Finals against the Kobe Shaq Lakers and lost on a crucial end-of-game possession by a once-in-a-lifetime player. K 
Cases can be made for Malice of the Palace to appear here, but aside from being over-discussed, it doesn't typify the Pacers one as gener- generational irritants. Mm-hmm. I haven't heard a lot yet. Um, the Indiana Pacers have never really been that good. They just got lucky being a nuisance, like you said. They, they've always been a nuisance. Like when Paul George was there, it was like, yo, like this team is really not good. Paul George is. It, it was literally like that. Reggie Miller. It's like, yo, everybody hated Reggie Miller. In my personal opinion, everybody's like, oh, like he's a great. I'm trying to, I'm to this day, I'm trying to figure it out. I'm like, I, I guess. Maybe it was like, you know, they didn't have, those, they didn't meet the light skin quota or something. But, wow. Like, um, yeah, like he, he's one of the best three point shooters of all time, though. And and that's fair. That, that, that that's fair. But like, then, maybe you're saying that doesn't make you one of the greatest players of all time. Yeah, like th- there's certain things. It's like yeah, like if you're the great, if you're the greatest play like player, yes, that doesn't mean like actually no, because that that sounds like a contradiction. Like, I'm trying to like phrase it pro- like properly. Mm-hmm. Um, you could be a great player on a team that's been garbage forever. And it makes you seem like you're a good player. Like, yes, Reggie Miller's going to have to shoot threes because he fucking plays for Indiana. Like, like, am I, do, do I sound wrong when I say that? Cause I'm, I'm trying no, not to no, sound like no, an no. asshole about it. To me and my, my personal opinion, and I'm not speaking for the 14 year olds that he got pregnant, but like Carl Malone wasn't good to me. Like, I just I don't see it. Like I see uh, a guy who was actually the best on his team that somehow like made the team look good. Like you had the John Stockton that like added to the element, like added a little bit of spice to it. But that's like saying fucking like Tyler Hero was good because Jimmy Butler got them through the lead. Like is he? No, he's just that so with Reggie Miller, like I'm sure somebody's gonna say to me, "Damn, great, that's fucked if you think Reggie Miller's not a great." He is a great, but his team wasn't. Like Dominique Wilkins, like people say he's a great. Oh yeah, because like you can tie him to people, you can tie him to Jordan for the dunk contest, you can tie him to like the Atlanta Hawks because like the Atlanta Hawks never had shit. But it's like it's also Dominique Wilkins. Like, does that make sense? Like. If, if Katie never left Oklahoma City, he'd just be a really good fucking player that they would consider a GOAT because he, he got Oklahoma City somewhere. And it's like... Right, well, and you can say the same about LeBron when he first came into the league with Cleveland. Yes. Like, so... I, I feel like there's, like, great, like, grade A greats, then there's grade B greats, and then there's, like, the Cs. Like, in mm. 10 years, like, Dame Litter isn't going to be considered a great to me. Like, I feel like Damian Lillard and like, like Reggie Miller would kind of be in like that same bracket of players. It's like they're like they're really fucking good. Actually, no, no. Dame Lillard's like a, a D. No, no disrespect to him, but I'm just saying. <coughs> I would put Reggie Miller in like the the Russell Westbrook back uh, bracket. It's like yo, when they're good, they're really fucking good. But, but they never won anything worth talking about them being great. So it's like, right. what? what what do we consider great? Because when I consider great, I feel like everybody can't be great, but everybody can't, you know, well, some people can be Hall of Famers. So if we're saying Reggie Miller's a Hall of Famer, yes. Is Reggie Miller a great? Absolutely not. Did he shoot really well? Absolutely. 
And we really need to start classifying that shit. Because when I look at like the NFL Hall of Fame, the NBA Hall of Fame, the WWE Hall of Fame, I look at a lot of people, it's like, yo, like, they were popular. That's why they got in there. That's why Trump's in the fucking, the, you know, the Hall of Fame. He never did shit, but he, he's in the fucking Hall of Fame, right? When I look right. at Reggie Miller, I'm like, yo, like, yes, scoring leader, you know, had all these three, three pointers. Yes. Did it get him anything? Absolutely not. And it's like, okay, so somebody's going to throw out stats and they're going to say he did this and this and this and this and this. I'm like, but did he win? Now, when you say win, what, do, you, do you mean championships or you just no, mean like I'm say, winning, I'm saying, like a winning record, basically? I'm saying, no, I'm saying you had a, a losing Hall of Fame career. Chris Webber has a losing Hall of Fame career. The, the, we have mm-hmm. to start bracketing Hall of Fame people like, yes, they are I Hall mean, of Fame, but they're also there's, losers. Like, there's a lot of players you could classify like that. I, I, absolutely, but but when I'm when I'm saying Hall of Fame losers, I'm talking about people who are in the Hall of Fame and they haven't won shit. Like they didn't even they didn't sniff getting close to it. Like you know, someone would say, Game Six, Reggie Miller, cool. If if that's what we're classifying him as, you know who else is like a bona fide like Hall of Famer? Tim Tebow. <laughs> I, I, I like to you not think about it. Like he almost got there. When people talk about Tim Tebow, they don't uh... talk about the fact. That like he was throwing fucking forty percent, and he barely was like winning games and shit. You know what they talk about? That playoff streak, right? Right. You know what they talk about when they talk about Mark Sanchez? The butt fumble. The butt but fumble. The same fuck. The same fucking player in my mm-hmm. in my head. So when I think of like Hall of Fame, that's a completely different bracket for me. Like Hall of Fame, yeah, you can have that accolade as Hall of Fame. When I'm talking about, <laughs> we're talking about goats and like you know people who are just like of that status when i see reggie miller i'm like I'm like isn't he the same one who like no like it it doesn't match up in my head so i would really like the league to figure out like have winners and losers because is javel mcgee going to be considered a hall of famer in five years yes yeah probably yes he they, probably gonna, will. but you know what they're never going to do Show that fucking clip of him shooting on somebody else's basket. They're never going to show that again. Because <laughs> he won a couple rings. I remember him putting the basket back up. And Q and I were at the, we're at Green Turtle. And I was like, did he just, did he? No. Just, but he's supposed to be with us. And he's scoring for them. And Q's like, Greg, I think he shot at the opposite basket. I was like, no, you don't have to think it. It happened. It literally fucking happened. Now, one, one mistake oh, is not a bad thing. But. For me, when I think of Reggie Miller, yes, you could be considered a Hall of Famer, but a great? That's when we start towing the line on like, okay, so we're just going to call everybody great as long as they either break a record or they do good on a losing team. Dame Lillard was going to be considered a great who never won shit because he stayed with uh, Portland. Mm -hmm. Think about it. If Paul Pierce would have never won a fucking ring. They still would have considered him a great because he was playing with Boston forever. So either there's always brackets like, hey, if you stay with your team forever and you're considered a legend on that team, guess what? Mm -hmm. Your Hall of Fame first ballot because we need somebody on that side. And guess what? Even if you lose, we're considering you a great because you played for so long that you're in the top 25 of something. You're in the top 25 of games played. You're in the top 25 of free throws attempted. Like, what? (laughs) 
I'm gonna shut up because I'm, I'm gonna piss somebody off with the things I say. <laughs> and this clip's gonna be played on ESPN, and somebody gonna be like, "This, this <laughs> fucking asshole." <laughs> <laughs> but the thing, oh, you can't refu- you can't refute it because it doesn't like to me. It just doesn't make sense, bro. Like <sighs> Reggie Miller being I, great. That's I get crazy. It. I, I get it. I mean, I could I could continue this rant. For another no, two hours. Well, no, no, I want to hear your. I want to hear your part, Lou. What? I'm, oh, you want to hear like my my the team I was going to pick or? Yep. Yeah. All right. So I told you the two, and then it was between. And I, I, I have to leave with the Lakers. I have to. I want to. I want to hear what the what ifs were for the for them. Okay, what was the t- all right, what's, what's the team again? The Lakers. The Lakers. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> this is this is too easy. The veto veto Chris Paul trade basketball reasons. Oh. <laughs> I vaguely Those remember that. Basketball reasons. Those two words alone are enough to send Los Angeles Lakers fans down a rabbit hole of what could have been of who was stripped from them. <clears throat> so, f- flashback to 2011. As the NBA emerged from a lockout, the Lakers agreed to a three-team trade with the Houston Rockets and the then New Orleans Hornets that would have landed them Chris Paul Instead, in exchange for Paul for Powell Gasol and Lamar Odom, then NBA Commissioner David Stern and the league, which was managing the Pelicans at the time, eventually scuttled the deal for basketball reasons. CP3 went to the Clippers, and the Lakers began a long downward spiral that spawned what if moments galore, many of which are the. the Direct result of or could have been avoided if the story trade went through. <clears throat> We've heard all the reasoning and ultra annoying relitigation of the events. The only thing that I'll state is regardless of where you stand on the outcome, the series of events that transpired reportedly during and after those negotiations were peculiar, peculiar to say the least. Beyond pairing a prime CP3 with a still really good Kobe Bryant, the Lakers could have conceivably turned around and also brought in a talent like Dwight Howard at that time. Excuse me. Now, there is definitely a conversation to be had about just how terrible of of a fit Dwight would have been with both Kobe and CP3's personalities. This ain't video games. But even if the Lakers wanted to move on and recalibrate, they still will have a prime Dwight to then deal for parts to solidify the roster around Kobe and Chris. And since we're now in purple and gold make the league land, the Lakers wouldn't wouldn't have had round wouldn't have round round up making the catastrophic Nash deal, nor would Kobe have had to play himself into the ground until his actual Achilles exploded just two years later. Diving even deeper into purple tinted glasses, Kobe also probably sits apart atop the scoring list by the end of it. As the duo, plus whatever consortium of talent the Lakers put around them, wins a title or two along the way. 
It completely changes the conversation surrounding CP3's career, and it puts an end to the greatest Laker debates. Basketball reasons. That's the only thing you got for the Lakers, just that Chris Paul trade, that's it? But you just, just, I'm sorry. I just, I I wanted some juicy. there, there is more, but that literally changed the league. It, it, not just changed. Yeah, the, that's true. It's that's just, true. It's not just. It not. It didn't just tra- change the, tra- the trajectory of the Lakers when after that trade was vetoed. It changed the Clippers. It changed Houston. It changed Memphis. <laughs> it changed so many. That trade. It, tra- it changed New Orleans. That trade impacted the league in far more ways than anyone can ever could have ever imagined. <clears throat> like you know, like, like like I said, Kobe had to play, had, had to run himself into the ground until his Achilles popped. CP three on that Lakers team with a still really good Kobe. Chris Paul has a will have a ring now, and we're not t- having. Any conversation. Okay, let me put a probably in front of that. Chris Paul probably has a ring now. And all the discussion that we're having about whether Chris Paul's, we know that he's the point guy, but any discussion about him not being a championship level player ceases to exist. So that trade, I know there are so many. Thinking about the Lakers, there's so many we could have that could have been used, but that that trade, that veto trade, changed so many of the narratives around the NBA for a very, very long time. The the effects of which are still to this day being felt. To this day, and that was 11 years ago. <clears throat> any, any other thoughts? <laughs> um, I still don't understand why they denied that trade. Um, because <clears throat> this is why in 2011. The Pelicans were were like the league was controlling the team. They were looking for the owners. You oh, that's away, right. You take away an asset like Chris Paul that is a box office hit. Who is box office in in a, in a lot of ways? You take him off that Pelican. You take him off that New Orleans. The thin Hornets. The league does not get the money that a sale when they were sold to Tom Benson. To, to Tom Benson, they don't get that. They don't get anywhere close to what he paid for for the franchise. That's why basketball teams will always live in the infamy. It wasn't, but here's the thing: it wasn't. David Stern, best of soul, <clears throat> said that he called it basketball reasons, but we know what it really was. It was financial reasons. Right. It was financial reasons. 
But that is why All right, those I got two you. words. That is why those two words, basketball reasons, will forever live in infamy <laughs> in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Thank you for explaining that. No problem. <clears throat> no problem. <clears throat> um, we have one voicemail. Um, and we're going to play it. Let me play that right now. Here we go. Good evening. This your boy, Shem Listens. Just uh, letting you guys know, man. Uh, Trump's home has just been raided by the FBI. Um, if you at home right now, chill in the news, check it out. Find out what's going on. Thank you. We are not a political show. And it, even though it brings me sweet justice that, that, that Dumbalago, Dumbalago is being raided right now. Um <laughs> <laughs> we, we we yeah we're not a political show we're not a political show but thank you for that update thank you for that update all right Neil you all want to talk about one more team uh, before we get into the craziness of why the title why the title of the show is named after nine years really we get we have time for one more team Greg it's all yours let's cue you with a take one. I, okay. Well, I actually, yeah, I will take. Let's the go with them bum ass Washington Wizards. Oh Jesus Christ! <laughs> I actually gonna talk about the Clippers, but um, all right, let's go to Washington. <clears throat> oh boy, the Washington Wizards drafting John Vesely. At number six in 2011. Another questionable. Oh boy. Uh, Something related to the Washington Wizards of the mid 2010s was the original intention. What if John Wall never gets injured in their second round series against the very good but beatable Hawks in 2015? They would have beat the Hawks that year if John Wall didn't break his hand. What if Kelly Olynyk doesn't mutate into Larry Bird 1.5, Game 7 of the 2017 Eastern Conference semifinals? Another year they could have went to them. And it, that's the game. Game 7. Boy. The Wizards would have beat the Celtics that year. They would have beat the Celtics. Anyway. Selecting Jan Vesely at six overall in 2011 when they could have drafted Clay Thompson, who went number 11, or Kawhi Leonard, who went 15th, is the pick here. While the front office has shown ineptitude across multiple regimes when it comes to giving out good contracts or trading for the right players, the crushing blow has been their inability to draft and develop. Vesely is an all-time bust, and that misstep is compounded when you consider Thompson and Leonard were right there. Also, to add insult to injury, Washington worked out Leonard pre-draft, and reports at the time outlined Washington's decision ultimately coming between Leonard and Vesely. They chose the wrong guy because, of course, they did. Like Washington, likewise, considered reaching for Thompson, further cementing the wrestling decision in the what-if annals. It isn't always, it isn't always good form to ding teams for past decisions that might have been considered a reach. But the 2011 draft class was a borderline free-for-all after Kyrie Irving, who went number one, 
and Derek Williams, who went number two. Defending the Kwame Brown pick at number one in 2001 is actually easier. He was virtually a consensus pick at the pre-draft workouts. Vesely was never that. Again, I'm going to go with laying an egg in game seven against the Celtics in 2017. Failing to make the conference finals is an unforgivable knowing the defending champion Cavaliers awaited, but that 2016-17 Wizards squad was special. The absolute apex of the Bradley Bill and John Wall captain era. And that is exactly true because the, the, the year after that, 17, 18, that's when John Wall had that knee injury, ends up turning into an Achilles injury. He's out for two years, and then he gets and then he gets traded for Russell Westbrook. <sighs> um, damn. Damn. <laughs> that I I, I God, I want to shit on them so bad, but just damn. I I wish them the best though. That, <laughs> that's really all I can do. <laughs> oh, just, he said I wish them the best. <laughs> like the only yeah, and that and that it just it just that was. Under Ernie Grunfeld, God, I hate him so much. He only got two drafts right. When in 2010, we got John Wall and we drafted Bradley Bill. That young Vesely pick is the worst. Literally, like, we know, we know of Darko Milicic as just, you know, all time bust. Like, you waste a top six. A lottery pick for someone. Hey, John, John Vesely was not known in any any basketball circles until the Wizards got into the Wizards draft again. No, he was unknown. No one knew him. Like who the hell is this? That pick set the franchise up. Set, set, set the franchise back so much after we had started to recover from Gilbert Arenas' silliness. Pulling the gun in the locker room, then then getting um, getting John Wall the following year after they won the number one pick after A. Poland died. Um, just imagine any of those players. Now, had they just say they drafted Kawhi Leonard, they're not in a position to dra- draft Bradley Bill. So the franchise like that, that changed so much. It changed so much. All what all the what if and what could have been. Had they not drafted Yon Vesely? Oh my goodness. They just didn't want to win. They they literally just said, you know what? Why do we want to win? That was Ernie Grunfeld. That was Ernie Grunfeld, who stayed in his job way too fucking long. 17 years as a GM, for what reason? I could not ever understand. Oh my God, man. Man, that just brought back some bad memories right there. Because I remember that draft night. I'm sitting, I think, yeah, we were friends. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, I'm sitting like, Greg, what the fuck are the wizards thinking? Like, what are they actually, what, like, what the hell is actually going on here? Oh, my God. Woo. Woo. Mm. I bet the wizards wish they had that pick up right now. Even if even if, if they had drafted someone else and they wouldn't have stayed on the team, 
maybe Kawhi, maybe they get a Kawhi Leonard and he decides, okay, I'm still going to go. But just the whole trajectory of the franchise, after you land a a transcendent talent in John Wall the year before, you waste the number six pick in the draft. We know that it was a relatively weak draft because we all knew Kyrie was going number one. Like even Derek Williams wasn't wasn't a wasn't a bona fide number two because he's out of the league now. He's out of the league now. But oh my god! Oh jeez, man! Yeah, I just yeah, that was actually a really man. The more that you talk about it, the more I can't remember who this guy is, which means good things, all good things. When Grant just, can't remember, Grant Vesely was out of the league in two by in by in by his third season was out of the league. The Wizards didn't cut him. That's how bad of a player he was. I don't think they cut him. I think they traded him for pennies. Mm. I think they. Well, I think they included him in the tra- when they traded when they traded Nick Young. Jesus and Andre Blatch. Yeah, remember that? Oh, that's era? bad. That's bad. That's that's bad. Yeah. bad. Andre wow. Blatch, Andre Blatch, JaVale McGee, and Nick Young. What what is like? What does Andre Blatch do? In, like, does he just like? Does he like promote black and miles at nightclubs or something? Like, I think he plays for the. I think he. I, I I I think he plays for the big three. I don't. I don't know. I really don't know. That's sad. I really don't know. That's sad. I guess we all need ratings, right? Wow. Damn, he plays in the big three. Mm, how the mighty have fallen. <laughs> and I was wow. I and I remember when I remember when Ernie Grunfeld, again I hate him, gave him forty gave him a forty million dollar extension. Like why? Why? Wait a minute, he gave who he gave who a forty million dollar extension? Andre Blatch. He gave Andre Blatch a this forty is... million a five, a four year forty million dollar extension. And then this is why we're in a recession. And this is why we're in a recession. This is exactly why we're in a fucking recession. Bums are getting forty million dollars. We're doomed. Earth needs a reboot. This is an. I've had enough. I've had enough. I. I <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! I'm glad we have semi-stable, semi-confident leadership in DC now. But even, even in like. Tommy Shepard giving Bradley Bill $251 million with a full no trade clause. So, hold on, I have a question for you. Go ahead. Go ahead. Um, who, who's, which out of these two jerseys costs the most on eBay right now? Andre Blotch or Robert Griffin III? You can actually be jersey on eBay for like $3. So how much do you think, if, if, if somebody can go and if someone can go to eBay right now and type in Andre Blotch jersey and see the last time one was sold and how much it was sold for, I would be fucking amazed. Because if it's anything over forty three cent, <laughs> we, we can end the show. We can honestly <laughs> end the show. <laughs> I have to hold on. Keep keep going, Q, because I have to look this up. 
I'm looking at it right now. He didn't even say 50 cents. He said 43 cents. So, there is... I don't even know how to spell this man's name. So, Andre Blotch, there's a Brooklyn jersey when he played in Brooklyn for $15. You have to be shitting me. There is a game-worn Andre Blotch for $249. He has a... So, he has a rookie card. He has a rookie patch card. Um, from 2006, his rookie year, that is on sale for one dollar and ninety nine cent with a jersey back. A dollar ninety nine. What the fuck? Forty million dollars. Oh my god! Yo. Oh, let me. I can keep going. I can keep going. So there's a. He has another rookie card. Um, with a game, another game war patch. Went uh, out of one out of one ninety no one ninety eight. So mm-hmm. those are supposed to be rare. <coughs> now, 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 Q. Now, Q. I think this is what we need to do. Every week, a different one of us picks like somebody in any sport. And we have to try to look up what their jersey value is. But it has to be like somebody who's considered a bust or somebody who actually no, we'll just leave it open. It could be anybody. We could say one week Joe Montana and then the next it could be Andre Blotch, right? So this week is Andre Blotch. Um Lou, do you do you have somebody? Because I feel like the first week we all have to pick somebody. So um who, who do you, you know, have? I can think it's in any sport. In any sport. Okay, I got a good one. Bubby Brister. <laughs> Do you even know who he is? <laughs> yes, he was. He was the quarterback after Elway. He was the quarterback for the Steelers, too. That's the only reason why I know him. But he was garbage. <clears throat> so, wait, his name so is Bubby Blister. <coughs> Bubby Brister. Brister. B R I S T E R. So he has R-E-Q. a. You have to look it up. I, I I have it up. So he has a card has a, from 1995 when he was on the Eagles, born for 99 cents. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> 99 cents. <laughs> and you can get it, 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 hold on, hold on, it gets even better. eBay has it has a coupon where you can get five percent off. <laughs> oh my god! Hey, you know what? Hey, hey, Lou, Lou, yeah. I think you might have given us a new award. The Bubby Brister. We'll call it we'll, we'll call it the Bubby Brister You're Worth What Award. <laughs> you know what? Q, write it down. Write it down. Yes. yes. I like yes. it. Oh. Yes. <laughs> oh man. You know oh, what? This is wonderful. So we so I have to give this award to <laughs> Kevin Durant this week. Kevin Durant is getting the Bubby Blist Award. Yeah, because you're, you're worth what again? You're, you're worth <laughs> you're worth ninety nine cent with an extra with an extra five percent off coupon. That is crazy. Oh my god! Yes, clue. 
Oh my, yeah, Q. We that has to be an award oh, from now on. No way, it gets better. It gets better. Nineteen eighty nine school of Bobby Brewster rookie card number eleven. Eight point five. Uh, it has an eight point five minutes for one penny. See, <laughs> I tell you what, I dare y'all to find one like that. I dare y'all to find a cheap one like that. A penny? Oh man! A penny? Right? Uh, unless one like on. I don't even think you could buy anything on eBay with a get it now for a penny. This might that might be the worst thing on eBay to ever buy. You I want to buy it now. The card is literally one cent, and it will, pay, and you will pay four dollars and sixty-five right. cents shipping. You pay more <laughs> shipping and handling and shit to, just to get the penny card. You know what? I think one of us has to buy it. <laughs> <laughs> one one of us has to because I feel like now that we said something about it, his name is going to come up by the end of the year, and the value is going to like triple. I, I just. I, I, I'll take the fucking like, gonna trip five three cents. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Holy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god. Q, please send me that link. I'm gonna. <laughs> one of us has to buy it because I want one of us to have that. I, I, I look. Have that. I'm out because I don't want that card. I don't want anything to do with Bobby <laughs> Brister. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my god! I might have to get it. You, you never know. He he might end up playing for the Carolina Panthers. Like Bobby you, Brister you, is you, like in his sixties. He's hey. you never know with the NFL. The NFL says anybody is able to win. So yeah, no fun league, uh, geriatric league, all, all that shit. Just but oh one pick, really. How do you put something on eBay? I thought they started at like a dollar. Like if it's an auction, that's what I thought too. Yeah, there's zero bids. Zero bids. You can't get it. Buy. I get it. Buy it now. (laughs) You know. You know what? Fuck it. I'm gonna bid on this. I'm gonna fucking bid on this shit. Oh my god. I'm gonna laugh in like two days when someone comes back and bids two cents. (laughs) Yo, I cannot wait. Hold on, let me see. Yeah, I'm I'm going to bid on this shit right right now. I feel like if we don't win this, somebody hates me. Somebody really hates me. <laughs> so it's the first one. Right? It's pre owned at ninety nine cents. Oh, that that's that's why that's why because it's Kim in a fucking he's in a Jets jersey. So that's oh, oh, oh. no 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 the one no the one with no the one with him in the uh, Eagles jersey. Wait, wait, this doesn't make sense. So, Lou, if you click the link, it says 1995 Bubby Brister's Philadelphia Eagles card, but the card okay, yeah, I'm on says, now. But the card says New York Jets. Oh, maybe that's a hmm. Is it like wait a minute? Maybe that's a wait. like maybe that's a mess up. Cute. If that's a messed up card, you know that like those like, like missing could be worth are actually worth right. money. Right. Yeah, we're gonna buy this now. <laughs> we're gonna fucking buy this now. I, I, I want to have this card. Um, yeah. I have yeah. This card. looks like this looks like a mess. This is like a, a, a messed up 
Yeah, I have to have this card. Because, um, card fishing card, bomb fishing card, but, um, <clears throat> yeah. Because yeah, here's the thing. That, he never played he, on the Jets. And, like, the but card look at it. is 95. He started his career in 90. See? He started his career in 90 with the Steelers. Then went to the Eagles. Started eighteen. Started ten games for the Eagles in ninety three. Yeah, started eight games. It started eight games in ninety. <clears throat> no, played eight yep. games in ninety four. Yep, I'm buying this card right now. It cost me a dollar ninety three cent. Send it to my house. Send it to the fucking house. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm serious. I really oh this card now. I really. But his, I've never seen a card that messed up everything. Like, he has on right. Eagles jersey, but it says Jets. He never played with the Jets. And it's from 1995 when he played with a completely different team. Like, I've never seen no shit like that before. I have to have it. Dollar ninety-three cent. send it my way, please. Send it my, <laughs> I, send it my way. Actually, I'm going to keep looking, Q. It says this item is out of stock. You purchased this item on August 8th. Cool. That one's mine. Um, 1989, Bubby Brister, 8.5 men. This is the one you were talking about. Mm-hmm. Six days left Kenny. with zero, with zero. Oh, wow. Yeah, I'm going to bid on this. I'm going to bid. And you pay try 25. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to bid 50 cent. I'm going to bid 50 cent. Yep. Give me my card. Now. Wow. I put the bid of fifty cent just to see if somebody else is going to bid. <laughs> Anybody else bids? They're crazy. They get because they I, were I, yeah. Somebody must really be a fan. It might actually be him himself. <laughs> he might bid on his own car. <laughs> He's like, hey, we're going to get this value up somehow. <laughs> He'll probably see the bid and be like, man, fuck that! I ain't bid fifty cents. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, you remember? Do you remember who I am? Like, right. <laughs> But here's the thing. It's an eight and a half, like, mint, though. Like, that is... Wow. I mean, that's pretty good, yeah. Yeah, I got anything it. About, I, I gotta yeah, it. Anything about the seven is a, is a good mint. Any, anything, okay. anything with a PSA grade of seven and above, you're doing mm-hmm. all right. Because I, well, I have some slabs. I have a... I got a... Oh, shit. <laughs> Let me look now. Well, we can we can talk about that last next week because I gotta look for it. Um, but yeah. <laughs> oh boy, I like this segment. I like I like you know what that's yeah. gonna be a permanent segment in the show now. Yeah, yeah. That that happens. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> this is dope. I'll, yeah, I'll talk less on wrestling so I can just get more of this shit. Because I feel like <laughs> each week, like we're gonna, we're, I think what we should do is each week we should do that, and then we should try to look like look up their eBay card or something like that, and see how much that shit is cost. Like either the jersey and the card, or just one. If you can't find a jersey, you have to find a card. Because yeah, okay. that. Hold on, let me see. Cause that was just like a general search. Let me see jersey. See how much is Jersey selling? Yeah. <clears throat> so there is Shoot. a. They probably giving that away for thirty five dollars. 
Okay. Oh, oh, there's one. What? Well, he has a Broncos jersey. Thirty nine ninety nine. Um, he has a no, a no name plate. Um, Steelers jersey for one hundred thirty nine ninety nine. Jeez. Oh, yeah, this is interesting. I'm gonna see how this link too. All right, so. This is funny. Oh, boy. All right. So so before we give out awards, um, I really want to, and there's not much more that we can say about um, Brittany Griner, but we're going to keep talking her name until she's back home. So last week, um, a Russian judge sentenced her to nine years in prison um, over some consciousness. And it's like oh, nine years, nine years. That's craziness. That's craziness. Um, but there is a chance that it would be a two for two uh, prisoner swap that would get her back into the, back home to the States. Um, anything you all want to say about this whole situation? I mean, other than it's just completely effed up. Yeah. Um, um, go ahead, Greg. I'm, basically, every week that we do the show, I'm going to calculate how many days it's been since she's been locked up. I, I, like, kind of like how we used to do with Young Black and Bald with the like Bobby Schmurder thing. It'd be like, oh, yeah, it's like 17,000, you know, 1,700 days, something like that. Like, yeah. Because we have to give some recognition to the shit. Um, also, I want to say fuck you to a lot of people who are making this like a WNBA issue. Um, there were some incels, men and women alike, who were like, y'all don't even watch the WNBA. And now you're like, like, what the f- what is this? Like, we've really gotten to this point and I hate it. So what I have to say is, yeah, like, OK, so her- she was <clears throat> she was detained. On February mm-hmm. 17th. Today is August the 8th. So we'll roughly be at what? Six, what, six months? Is it six months? No. Uh, yes, five, right? It's going into oh, six, we'll be months. six months. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think we should count down the days. I'm sure there will be a calendar on Twitter. Somebody will create the account and say it's been X amount of days since. Um, yeah. I... I personally have my own conspiracy theories about this. I, I I feel like if the wife didn't do it or didn't conspire, the government did. I've heard the whole thing about Russian spy and all that other like, crap. But I will mm-hmm. say, um, know your laws, people. Um, when I say know your laws, like when you're traveling to places, know where you're going and what the limits are. Because I've Absolutely. seen and been on way too many trips with friends that I won't incriminate who decided that, you know what? Yeah, I'm going to put it in my luggage. I'm not going to say what it is, but they put it there. And they got it to where it needed to be. And they didn't have any repercussions, so they felt like they were completely safe to continue doing that. Let me just let y'all know, none of us are safe. If a WNBA player who should be in the Hall of Fame in a few years because you know they're going to induct her, um, yeah, 
just, just know some things you just don't have to do. And somebody's going to say, oh, it's for medication and shit like that. Yes, it was. But also, you have to declare these things. You have to mention these things. You sneaking it in still makes you look like you're a guilty party. Now, does the, like, what do you call it? Does the punishment fit the crime? Absolutely not. Because wasn't there a girl, I saw the tweet, where, like, the girl, she did, like, a month and a half, and she was out by month two, and she's back over here? Like, Aubrey or Ollie or something like that? But, yeah, um, I, I just, I don't know how this works, because if, if this were Allen Iverson, if this was fucking, I don't want to say LeBron, but, like, a Jimmy Butler, Tyler Hero, or some shit like that, like, They'd be home by now. They'd be home by now. They wouldn't have had a trial. It would have been like, you know what? Slap on the wrist. But since it's a woman, that's the main issue. Um, so I'll land by just saying, like, a, a lot of shit has to change, but it also starts with us. Know where the fuck y'all are going. Know them laws. And just don't break them. And don't try to skirt through them. Because she's the perfect example of what will happen if you don't. So I'll okay. leave it there. So she has officially been detained in Russia. So May 3rd was made 75 days. It was 97 days, 98 days has passed since then. So we're firing up the calculator. Plus 98. She has been <clears throat> detained in Russia for 173 days. Jesus. Including today. Including today, so uh, 173 days have passed since Brittany Griner has been detained in Russia, um, and I just hope and pray that that does not last much longer. We know that she got nine years. Um, I hopefully the the the, the State Department, um, President Biden, someone, anyone can. Do what they need to do to get that young woman home. And I'm gonna leave it at that. <clears throat> All I'm right, pretty. we have reached we have reached the yep. awards first. We have reached the awards portion of the show. We've already given one out. <laughs> the new one, the Bobby Brister, your worth less than a penny card <laughs> award. Um, <laughs> I I said I had a special award this week, and this week the. Bill O'Brien, you know, you know, fucked up right award goes to Barstool Sports. Oh wow, goes to Barstool Sports. So today, they just, so today, Barstool's um, Twitter feed decided to publish a tweet saying, "Oh boy, let me go to it." Uh, them fuckers. <clears throat> Hold on. It says, quote, let's check in on the commander's practice today. And it has a video of it has a video of um, some players on the commanders um, who are members of Omega Sci-Fi Fraternity Incorporated doing a hop to Atomic Dog, which we know that's what they always do because that is their mm-hmm. song. And the caption on the video says exactly why the commanders can't win. Mind you, this video was taken taken during OTAs and not training camp. Because you can see on the back of the jersey, it, everyone has commanders in the, uh, instead of their name on the back of the jersey. 
Jason Wright, the president of the Washington Commanders, and my front brother, by the way, he said he went on Twitter. <clears throat> excuse me, he went on Twitter and said, I'm trying to pull his tweet up. Let's get just bear with me a second. You know, he actually, yeah, Jason Wright actually replied directly to Barstool's puts and said, oh, shit. I know where I can get it. That, hold on. Sorry, guys, for the dead for the dead air. Uh, see. Okay. Oh, I, I think I have it now. <clears throat> well, let let me go, get my go here, right? war yeah, real quick. So, um, my Adam Gates, why are you still here? Ward is going to <sighs> airlines. Because the entire L.A. Sparks team had to spend the night at the airport because their flight was canceled. The L.A. Sparks, who also play where? L.A. More importantly, play in the, state, in the same stadium as what? Boom. Who also have an airport less than three miles away from? Exactly. How the fuck they ended up falling asleep in an airport? You know, in an airport? Disgust me. So that that one, it, it goes without saying. Um, I had a few. Let me just get my notes really quick. Um, but I did write these down. Um, Jerry Jones is also going to get the Adam Gates Why Are You Still Here Award um, on why owners get different or no punishments when they are caught doing similar offenses as NFL players. He said, and I quote, it's a standard player association comeback. That is the drill. That is the drill to go around to say you didn't punish such and such. Anybody would know that every player case and every case that involves non-players in the NFL are dealing with dramatically different principal facts, which is all the difference in the world. Now, if anyone doesn't remember, Jerry Jones was actually accused of a sexual assault by a woman in 2014. The case was dismissed, mm-hmm. and they've reached a settlement of $2.4 million. Now, the fact that he spoke on Deshaun Watson goes to my point of what I said earlier. There are a lot of people complicit, and they won't shut up. He's one of those guys. You could have literally just said nothing. You went, did an interview, and answered the question instead of saying, you know what? No comment. You basically said the players are held to a high, pretty much, they're held to a higher standard. Meaning, yeah, we can go touching pussies and it's not going to be a problem. But when the quarterback of my team does, that's an issue. Newsflash, mm-hmm. anybody who's listening to the YBAB Sports Test, this is Greg talking. Um, when it comes to teams like this, do you really think the players are going out and finding these women to assault? Or do you think the organization is affiliated in some type of way? You let us know on social media because I'm not going to tell you my thoughts. There's that. 
Um, the Bill O'Brien, you know, you done fucked up award is obviously going to Kevin Durant, but it's also going to everybody in Seattle because they actually booed Russell Wilson during Sue Bird's final regular season game. Yeah, there's that. Um, I'm also going to personally, this isn't an award, but I'm going to give all the tomatoes on planet Earth and I'm going to throw them at the Cleveland Browns because they said that they were going to work out Colin Kaepernick. Breaking news. Breaking news. The fucking Cleveland Browns want to work out Colin Kaepernick. Wait, publicity work right exactly exactly why now why now well why didn't you do I, I, that I you. two months ago i i just honest i don't get it anymore like colin kaepernick is literally becoming a guy like the fucking water boy like yeah you can practice with us but you can't play like what are we doing bro you know what the the, the, the cleveland browns are you, you remember the past Oh my goodness! Since uh, like you remember when the team moved from Cleveland to Baltimore, yeah. then they didn't have mm-hmm. a team until '99, and then from '99 until what 2013? No, no, 2003, whatever. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. no playoff wins, one playoff appearance. They're slowly becoming that again. They're mm-hmm. they're going to be the laughing stock of the NFL in two years. But they're they're just their front office. They 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 think they got one by on you know on the NFL and everything like that. And you know, Kareem Hunt once traded, Baker wanted out. He's gone. I mean, it's 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 all it's all going to show the light, man. In a couple of years, they're going to be the laughing stock of the NFL again. Absolutely, and I can't wait. <clears throat> Me neither. <laughs> it's, it, it, it's going to get thrown anyway. right back in their face, right back mm-hmm. in their face. All right, so <sighs> I found this. I found this tweet that Jason Wright uh, sent that replied. It was actually a retweet. <clears throat> so he said, first, first, this is from OTAs months ago. Second, for folks that complain about the No Fun League, it's a strange flex. Third, this isn't random dancing. It's representing Omega Sci Fi fraternity. A historically black civic organization established in 1911. And then he dropped a link for people to learn from uh, the National Panhellenic Council, uh, the governing body of all nine black group letter organizations. Boom. So, yes, Barstool Sports, I know they are like a, uh, a parody sports uh Whatever, fuck y'all. Absolutely mm. fuck y'all. Absolutely fuck y'all. Like we, I know the commanders have their own problems. A lot of them are self-inflicted. But come on now, that just has a little hinge and tinge of racism. Because if you look at the, if you look at the tweet, you look at the video. It's like, oh, look at those black players just hopping and dancing around. Okay, and then you put the caption. Exactly why the commanders can't win. Shut the fuck up. Yeah, you use a video from three months ago and not a video from the actual training either from actual training camp you used one from three months ago and then you made it look and appear as if oh they're doing it in training camp now. Shut the fuck up. 
Mm. So fuck you, Barstool Sports. And you can at me directly if you want to, <clears throat> if you want to discuss this. I'm ready for I, I'm ready for the smoke. I'm ready for the fire. Let's go. Who want the smoke? Who I want the want smoke? It. Who want yes, the smoke? I do. And I'm not even... It, I'm not even saying it just because I'm not even saying this because I'm a, you know, I'm a Washington Commanders fan. I'm saying this because I am a member of a Greek, of a black Greek letter organization. The first one, actually, Alpha Phi Alpha Fraternity Incorporated, founded in 1906. Founded December 4th, 1906, in Cornell University in Bicu, New York. Mm. I'm saying I am not a member of Mega Sci-Fi, but. With them being one of the divine nine, an attack against the divine against any member of the divine nine is an attack on all of us. Hello, it's a, it's an attack on all of us. We may have different colors, <clears throat> we may have different colors, we may have different signs, but we are all, all nine of us, both the fraternities, <clears throat> the fraternities and the sororities. We all have one mission, and that is service to our communities. Mm. And that is it, plain and simple. So, an attack on Omega Sci-Fi is an attack on me as a member of Alpha Phi Alpha. It's an attack on all nine Black letter organizations. And this tweet definitely has that tinge of racism in it. So, fuck you, Barstool Sports. With that being said, we're going to go ahead and get on out of here for this week. <laughs> we're going to go ahead and get on out of here this week. Find us on Twitter at YBBarber. Find us on Instagram at Young Black Pod. And until next week, we'll see you then. Have a good week, everyone. Peace out, y'all. Have a good week. Hey, do you have the Wi-Fi password? Common words everyone has said in an airport, coffee shop, or any public place with free internet. Don't fall victim to internet hackers while using free internet thanks to NordVPN. NordVPN is one of those services you tell yourself you don't need until it's too late. We've used the NordVPN to browse the web, check bank accounts, and even stream apps like Netflix. It's the only VPN service that lets you bypass ISPs, perfect for when your job has sites you frequent like Facebook is blocked. It's the best VPN service you can get for both price and performance. Install NordVPN on up to six devices, including your smartphone, tablet, and desktop, and experience the service for yourself. Start protecting yourself and your content with NordVPN by heading over to nordvpn.com forward slash YBAB at checkout and save 75% on your subscription.